Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we, we're doing something a little different today. We, we're not talking about movies. We're not talking about TV shows. Uh, we are talking about crime documentary series. And the only person that would make us not talk about movies and TV shows is our resident, hey, let's talk about something else person, Jacqueline D'Agostino, <laughs> is joining us here today. So, once again. Hello, welcome back. <laughs> Hello. You guys, I was talking to Matt a couple of weeks ago, and he was he's like, you know, we normally don't do true crime. And I was like, we normally don't do reality TV either, so I think there's a theme here, and I think we should just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we know every every time you every time you come on the show, you're like, hey, you guys are doing great stuff over there, and you when well, you guys whatever you guys are talking about every week. But let, if you want me back on, we're not going to talk about any of that. We're going to yeah, talk we're about, about any of that. How it goes? <laughs> <laughs> how it goes? But sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this week we're talking about crime documentary series, and and like not like it's not like we don't watch it normally, Ernesto. Like we just don't True. make a whole episode about it. So well, we, I think the last time we did it is when we had Adrian on and we talked yeah. about uh, the Don't Fuck With Cats documentary. That's right. That's right. Um, terrifying. It, yes. yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back and listen to episode, I think it's 11. Is that 11? That's a while ago. I have ago. to go back. It was a long oh, yeah. time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those who, who are keeping track, this is episode 70. Yeah. So <laughs> we've done this 70 times. Wow. 70 Actually, weeks. More than that. Probably <laughs> more than that. Yeah. We have done more than this because yeah, we have bonus yeah. episodes. We have so. bonus episodes too. Yeah. So we're, we're still chugging along here. Uh, and with, with episode 70, like I've been saying, we're, we're mixing up a little bit. So this week we're diving into uh, Night Stalker, which is a crime documentary on Netflix, as well as Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is also available to watch on Netflix. Both of them are four part I guess they're like they're like a mini series, right? They, yeah, they're not, they're yeah, series. it's limited series. series. Yeah, exactly. And um, so yeah, so we're gonna be talking about that a little bit later in the show. But first, um, well, actually, we would typically start with news, but there's not a lot of news to talk about this week. And also, if you want to hear us talk about a little bit of news, we're doing a new thing now on our Instagram page. We're doing Insta Lives now, where we're talking with you guys, kind of like we're calling it a, a you know box office bingers mic check. Yes, yeah, and it's kind of like a. Like a live, live little pre-show. It's kind of like a little warm-up for to the actual episode and kind of give you a tease of what we're talking about. So we talk a little, about a little bit of news there. You can always head over to our Instagram page at boxoffice underscore ventures to listen to uh, us talk about that. But now we're going to be talking about what we've been watching this week. So, Jacqueline, what have you been watching? Okay, so I've actually been really bad about watching – actually just watched The Dissident. Have you guys – well, I know Matt, I've already, I feel like we've already – I've already grilled you on this, I should say. But, Ernesto, yes, have you, you have. heard of it? The Dissident? The Dissident? No. What is that? 
Yeah, so it's a documentary on the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So he was Ooh. the Washington Post reporter who yeah. was uh, murdered at the um, is it the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey. Oh yeah, sounds like it very convoluted, and it kind of is, but they do a really good job at like breaking it all down. The tough part is that it is uh, obviously a lot of the people that they're interviewing are speaking in Arabic. So it's a lot of reading. It's not necessarily mindless television. You have to kind of pay attention. Um, but it was really, really interesting. And I also think just cause like, you know, we work in TV and news and the media. And so that aspect of it was really intriguing to me. And also just, I don't know, like they go, they really dive into how big of how much Twitter plays a role in the Saudi Arabian government, which I didn't really understand, but just how, Mm. um, you know, with opinions and opposing the government and things like that, if you have a really big Twitter following and you're tweeting about it and the government sees it, like you could be arrested and stuff like that. So it's just, it's, it's crazy just to compare, you know, the different, I mean, just society in general, but also diving into like how that could even happen to someone um, is crazy. And I remember hearing like news stories about it and we were always doing stories about it, but just seeing the whole thing from start to finish was really interesting. So um, that is the most recent thing I watched, I think last weekend. And then I've been trying to watch SNL because (laughs) I love, um, Maya Rudolph and I have only gotten through halfway of it and I was not I didn't watch it on Saturday but um so I watched some of the skits and I wanted to like I always love when the old comedians come back so yeah I'm trying to get through that so SNL and The Dissident so The Dissident what is, what is that on where can you watch that I think it's on Prime I believe I've been I'm, watching it yeah I'm interested in on a weird that. website that I, oh. <laughs> that I <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, Jacqueline. All right. A weird website. That's a weird think, website. I think you can, and I have Prime, so I don't know why I'm not just. I wasn't watching it on Prime, um, but I was streaming it elsewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> understood. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's on Prime though, but it's really, really, really good. Yeah, I I know you you were talking my ear off about it. Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday you were telling me about this. Or it was, was, like was it Friday? Week. It was last week. Yeah, you're right. It was last week. And uh, yeah, it, it sounds interesting. I'm not sure if I would dive into it, but it definitely totally was. Was, <laughs> it a, was it a straight documentary, not a docu-series? Yeah, it's like two hours long, too. So it kind of took me a little bit to get through because it's two hours of undivided attention that I wanted to yeah. give. And if you miss like just because they talk about the, you know, foreign governments and I'm, you know, and things that you're not like, I'm not super familiar with the Saudi Arabian government. So I'm trying to like understand that and to know the story. And then again, people are speaking in Arabic um, for the interview. So trying to like read, make sure you're keeping up with everything, all the different people and their names and all the players. And also I just confirmed it's on prime. Okay, <laughs> I'm proud. So there you go. Um, but also, I mean, uh, you also watched, and this might have been a while ago. And I don't know if I got an update from you on this, but didn't you start or did you finish Bridgerton? I finished Bridgerton. You know, I didn't love it. 
Really? Like, it was it fine. Was yeah. It took me. It took me. Yeah, it was fine. Like I did not like it, but I didn't really get why people were obsessed with it. Like people were. I thought it was fine. Like it was kind of like Emily in Paris to me. I liked it. It was kind of cheesy at times, and it was just something to watch. And when I was at episode five, I'm like, well. I'm already this far. Like that was kind of my <laughs> that was kind of Point my no return. take. It's not that I didn't. It's not that I disliked it. I just wasn't like I'm like oh my god you have to watch that. I don't know. I don't, I really I really enjoyed it. I, I thought I like I, I liked it. Ernesto, you said you were like what fifty fifty on it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jacqueline. Like it was good. Like I I definitely enjoyed it, but it did feel like it was overhyped. I think the coolest thing for me about Bridgerton was. Um, their use of today's music and putting a classical yes. spin on it. Like to me, that was the most interesting thing about the show. Okay. And the crazy thing is that that, it, that band is so old. It's vitamin string quartet. And I used to listen to them on Pandora in college. Oh, wow. It was oh, like wow. my study playlist. Yeah. I freaking tweeted at them when I, when I was watching the show. I'm like, is this vitamin string quartet? Googled it. Yep. And they yeah. liked my tweet. <laughs> I know. That's I was us. Like, oh but like everyone's like, oh my god, this is so crazy, and it is crazy. But I'm like, this is so. This band is so old. It's not a band. That's not the right word. A quartet, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> but sure. yeah, orchestra. I don't, but I, guess um, I don't know. <laughs> Jacqueline's yeah, like, I, I liked them before they were cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I I do think it's really. It was an interesting element and obviously like the costumes and just like oh of course all that stuff is is awesome but this i don't know like the storyline itself i'm like oh okay it's interesting don't get me wrong but i'm not like i wasn't like dying to watch the next episode okay but eventually you went you you finished it to, at the very I least did. yeah yeah um and then i also do i remember you said that you watched the little things as well oh, With, oh the movie yeah the movie yeah you know, again, I was kind of like, and I think it's because it had, what, Denzel? Yeah. And um, Remy, Remy Malik And Jared yes. Leto. I was like, and Jared Leto is a freaking incredible actor. I mean, yep. he is in that movie, too. Like, he's so good. He's so creepy and believable. Like, he's a phenomenal actor. So is Denzel. But I think maybe just because I have such high expectations for the three of them, that the plot and the storyline, it was just like, the end was underwhelming to me. Yep, hundred like, percent. Like I yeah. wanted a bigger ending. I wanted an answer or a definitive like what happened. I do think Denzel's storyline and how you find that out is probably the most interesting part of the movie. To be honest, really, like once you get into his background and stuff and you know what happened to him, I was like, oh wow. But I just like I don't know. I was just kind of underwhelmed at the end. I didn't love the ending. Yeah. See, I the thing about the Denzel thing was, yes, I agree with you. Like his like his actual storyline was like really interesting. But what threw me off is that like like in the beginning of the movie, like not it doesn't really give much away when he travels to that city. Like they just start treating him like shit, and you have no idea why they're treating him like shit. Like it's like yeah. you don't find out like until like halfway through the movie, and then you're like, oh, that's why. Like I liked it, Literally, but I felt I like. like... Yeah, I felt I wish they would have told us that in the beginning of the movie. Like like two minutes before he went there, they could have showed us that. And that would have made oh that's that makes sense. That's why they hate him. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I whenever I was watching that, I kinda was like, he must have done something. 
Like I was, that's that's what I thought. I was like, why do they hate him? I was like, how did you? What did you, you already? You had already figured out? that part. Yeah, yeah like I kind of had like, an inkling about it. I don't know. I I liked how it was, um, you know, like we really didn't find out until the end. But then I'm like, I don't want to believe those things about Denzel Washington. <laughs> you know, like I just don't. So I was kind of annoyed. I don't know. All right. So as, as, as outside from the documentary that you watched, uh, the Dissidents, right? The, the dissident? Dissident. I think dissident. Yeah, dissident. Dissident. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things you've been watching, you have not been enjoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, well, I really like the movie, The Little Things. Also, why is it called The Little Things? Uh, uh, he says it like one time in the movie. And we're like, what? That's it? Well, because like, it's, it's about the little... the little thing. It's about like each each of the, e- there's like each part of the story. It's like. There's like one little thing that makes the other thing happen. I, like, like okay. uh, what was? It's been a while. Like the um, what was it? The the beret. At the, the end yes. of the beret. Like the beret. Like, yeah. The beret. Like that. That's one little thing. But that was an I important see. little. That was one important little thing. And I felt like there was something with his storyline where there was a little thing. So I felt like each, they were all all the little things were connected that okay. made this big. Okay. Because he he said it like one time. Correct. It was, yeah. They were trying when they were trying to figure out who you know, killed uh, or who did it or whatever. And they were like, it's the little thing. So I'm like, is that really why this movie is called that? <laughs> um, Jack's like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I, what I, the little things? And then at the end of the movie, when he had the pack of the barrettes, I'm like, <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over, I'm over this. it. Yeah. I'm like, seriously? Jack was like, know. this is why I don't watch TV shows. This is why I don't watch movies, Just crime give series. My, give me back my murder series. <laughs> they, they never disappoint me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the truth is always God. better. <laughs> so I, I did like it up until the end, you know? The end, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, Ernesto, what have you been watching? All right, so Matt, actually two of my things I've been watching are thanks to you because you gave me that red box code. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I got to buy one, get one free. I went and I finally watched Promising Young Woman. So that was that was the oh, first right. one. What a great – man, that was a great movie. Yeah, I told you. Uh, yeah, was... uh, the main actress, what she's – Carrie she, Mulligan. Was, Carrie Mulligan. Like I like the movie, but she is she is the best thing. She obviously makes the film. Like, it's yeah, great. absolutely. Jacqueline, have you I'm seen it? it? I have not. I'm Googling it to see if I can like refresh my memory. Uh, it's a – Oh, it's I don't really know that I've heard of it. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's, and it's it's basically uh I don't even like how to it, it's it, it's it's a movie that I feel like the less you know the better, to be honest. Yeah, that's why okay. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay. good. It's definitely it, it, worth it's worth your time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it definitely brings light to something that's very relevant to today. Um, and it's something like for me, it, you know, it opened my eyes on a few things. I mean, some of the things, especially since we work in news, we hear about this all the time. Um, and, and so them to shed light on it and also give a, a unique spin on the story. Um, I was very intrigued from beginning to end. It's very like, like, it's well, uh, done. It's well done. It's like very, uh, I don't want to use the word, word intriguing, but it's, uh, like, a it's, it grabs you like it gra- like it takes you in the very beginning. And like, all right, like, all right, I, do I have your attention now? Okay, great. Now let's let's go on with the rest of the story. Yeah, and it, wow. and it does that. It's a great revenge story. Like yes. That, okay. It's a great revenge story, and some of the some of the revenge 
that she gets in the movie is like priceless like I, like blown away all i'm gonna say is the scene when she talks to the dean of the college like oh, to yes. me that's one of yeah. the best the one of the best scenes in the entire movie and it like when it you just your your mouth drops during the entire time like best scene of the whole movie wow i'm gonna have to watch it i'm like very interested no yeah. it's it's really good I, I think you would i think I think this is one of the movies that you actually would enjoy, Jack. And I'm definitely under like... I'm definitely underselling it. There's so many other great. I'm sure other people were like, "Well, what about this one? What about that one?" There's there's so many other great moments in the movie, but that's just like the first one that that's the main one that pops into my head. Yeah, I think okay. like the the be, I, there's two best parts in the movie in my opinion. One was the very beginning. I think how they yes. opened the movie was really strong, and like I said, like it grabbed your attention. Like it's how they set that, up her character, right? Exactly. Yeah, how they yeah. set up her character, and it's stuff that you've heard about, but like seeing it unfold on the screen and then you're getting that unique spin on it that's what i really appreciated from it and then i loved 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 the ending i loved yes. how the movie ended it was so good and and and, and that's all I, that's all i want to say because there's some <laughs> things that happened beforehand and that i want to talk about but i that that'd be too much so yeah. But that's, either that's way, a, that's I, a me and you conversation i guess i know that, that, <laughs> yes i, I don't want to spoil anything i don't here. want to spoil it for jack yeah, don't, because I just wrote it in my notes. Um, like, I have a notes of things to watch, and I just typed it in, so. Yeah, do that. And also, uh, it's um, it's nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars yeah. this year. Oh, really? Best yeah. Picture, and, and she's wow. nominated for Best Actress, right? Yes. And it's wow. nominated for Best Original Screenplay. So, okay. it get, it's got a lot under the belt. And it has a strong, it won at the Screen Actors Guild Awards um, okay. for Best Original Screenplay. So, it's a strong contender of winning the best original screenplay at the Oscars. So definitely one to look out for. And as you know, people who listen to this show, we're talking a lot about the, the award season this year and the Oscars are coming just in a few weeks away. So excited to talk about that when we do, but promising a woman is definitely in the topic of a lot of conversation. Yeah. There's some right, strong, cool. there's definitely some strong contenders this year at the Oscars. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so with the other movie I got to run on Redbox was a, uh, <laughs> craft legacy the second one um, sure yeah yeah you have well the craft it was a movie that came out in the 90s it had nev campbell in it um it's about these four witches they form like this coven i i i liked it when out the original one so i thought i'd check out the second one it was all right it was good okay you know? all right it, it wasn't as dark as the first one this one was kind of like more high school poppy like Oh. So it was a little, it was a little bit more lighthearted than I would have liked it. Um, I thought the way that they showed their powers was actually pretty cool. That's probably one of the best things about it. But other than that, it was probably, you know, like your run of the mill, like supernatural thriller, like okay. very one sided villain. It, it, I wouldn't is the... rewatch it, <laughs> but it was a thing that I watched. <laughs> is is uh is the vibe kind of like you know the first thing when you said like teen and like supernatural, I instantly thought like Sabrina. Like the one me on Netflix. Too. Maybe maybe, maybe not maybe not that it. much. Maybe you, not, maybe oh oh you mean like the Sabrina series on Netflix? Yes, the, the that one yeah. Um, I would actually say that it's pretty that's pretty on par with that one, almost okay, the same right. level. But yeah, Sabrina actually I've tried to watch Sabrina on several occasions and I couldn't I haven't been able to get through it. Like it's one of those yeah. that like plays in the background and I just have like I'm just on my phone like I have no interest to finish watching it. I really it. like Kernan Shipka because or Kiernan, however you pronounce it, um, from Mad Men. I love Mad Men. And so Same. she was the little girl, Sally, 
And so that's when I right. heard that's that right. she was going to be on that show, I'm like, oh my God, how cool. And I've watched like two episodes and I just couldn't really get into it either. Wow. Jacqueline, you watch Mad Men? That's a, that's a good one. Matt, have you watched Mad I've Men? I've seen it three times. Wow. I'm obsessed. That is commit. That is commit. Oh that my is... God. Matt, have you seen Wait, Mad Men? I've never watched an episode of Mad Men. What? It's so good. Oh my gosh, I'm... Elizabeth Moss, John Hamm. Oh my gosh, and Elizabeth actually, uh... Moss is so good in that. Yes, it makes you realize why she got, why she's in Handmaid's Tale, and why she's been in all these things post Mad Men. She's so, she's such a, a great actor. role for her. Yeah, that's such a good show. The writing it's on so it good. is so good. And also, I think what's crazy about it. So if you're not like, I mean, you know the premise, right? No, yeah. I know nothing. I know oh, nothing about okay. Mad Men. So basically, Mad Men is a term that advertisers, guys who worked in advertising in New York and Manhattan during the '60s, coined for themselves because they were worked on Madison Avenue. So they're Mad Men. Okay. Um, and so it's all these. It's mainly just like, I mean, there's women too, but it's it revolves around like these guys who work in different ad agencies in Manhattan. And I think, and it just kind of goes through their relationships at work, at home and all that stuff. But I think what's so like captivating about it to me is that it's such a different, I mean, it was long ago, but it's not that long ago. And it just seems like the work dynamic, the just like how women are treated, like all of that is so like, backwards at least to us now so when you go and watch it they're like smoking in the office and the women are secretaries and it's really frowned upon for them to like be in any other role and the whole and everyone's cheating on their wives and just so crazy to think that that was i guess normal back then i don't know so to see it and then plus all the costumes and stuff is like really good too like just the that how they make up the show like i think it's so um I don't know, it's just interesting to me. It's so good. <laughs> she, it's really I mean, she she pretty much summed it up perfectly. It's it's a yeah. It's great. The writing and character development on that show are yeah. on point. And it, I will say it's a better binge show because it is a little slow. Yeah. So like I watched the last two seasons in real time and and from week to week it was like, What? But when you get to watch it like all in one, I think it it makes it better. Okay, interesting. Highly yeah, recommend. I mean, Highly yeah, I Mad Men has been on my radar. I know it was advertised because it was on AMC, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was watching The Walking Dead at the time, and so they were heavily advertising like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad was another show that I wa- I caught in late. Like it was like the like the final season just happened, and it wasn't until like a year later where I binged a whole thing on Netflix. And so yeah. it was always a show that I. Would, uh, that I've heard about. I know that's where like John Hamm really got popular yeah, there yeah. as well. Um, so like I'm aware of it, but I never like actually, you know, really fully looked into it. Like everything you just said, Jacqueline, I didn't know that's what the show was about. No idea. I just knew that John Hamm was in Mad Men and it's a great show. That's all I knew. So <laughs> that, that's it. it. That, you should. I like you hate John Hamm, but I love him at the same time in the show. I'm like, why do I like you? You're, uh, oh. you're horrible. You don't like John like, Hamm? I think he's great. Oh, I love him in real life. Like, but I. Oh, you mean? I, oh, you mean his character? You mean his in character the, in, his, in the show? Yes. yes. Yeah, Donald Draper. I should yes. say he's just yes. like horrible. But I'm like, oh, I like you. But he plays. <laughs> he, play, he plays him so well that you forget yeah. that he's acting. Like that's how yeah. good he is. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Like I, yeah, I feel like really that good. show. There's another show that I haven't seen 
that I know that it's like, why haven't you seen this already? If I, if I remember Saul. it, that's probably that's probably one. Yeah, you've been, you've been harping to watch that show for a very long time. Which one? Better Call Saul. It's the oh, it's like it, it's like the prequel to. Have you seen Breaking Bad? I've seen it like here and there. I haven't seen all oh, of okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's about it, it's about one of the characters, the um, Saul Goodman, the the lawyer. Okay. It's a, it's yep. his story. Okay. It's his it's his story oh, cool. before before Breaking Bad happens. Yeah, and it's it's apparently going on for like six seasons. It's it's, it's doing very so well. Good. It's yeah, so good. Yeah, I know I know Ernesto loves the show, but I, I, I did hop on so Ozark, which you recommended. So I I did end up That's hopping true. on that train. So I might have to do this again sometime. I am without a show at the moment, so <gasps> I might. I know, okay. and I got I got to dive in somewhere. Right. Uh, so what, what else do you got? So after Craft Legacy, I've also started that show Generation on HBO Max, which is pretty good. That's like a, a high school drama, but it's very much centered around today's society. Like Matt, like I was telling Matt, like the opening scene, like if anything were to get you interested, it'd be the opening scene of this series. Like it's these two girls, oh. these two girls in the mall, and one of them is in the bathroom, like getting really sick and throwing up, and like. KR starts happening, and then she asks her friend, hey, can you Google how to have a baby in the mall? And like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Google's not loading. It's like, try the wiki. Try, <laughs> like, do a wiki search for it. And it's, like, that's just, that's the introduction to the series. What? And like, I'm like seven episodes in, and it just gets crazier and crazier. And actually the story, the story, the character stories within, like, are really super interesting. Um, I definitely, it's definitely a recommend for me. Wait, um, you said you're seven episodes in? That that show just came out. Is it the, all the episodes dropped? Yeah, no, they're still they're still releasing week to week. Oh, that's what, how many shows did they drop? Uh, HBO Max. In each, HBO but each Max. episode, each episode is only like twenty two minutes, twenty to thirty minutes long. Oh, that's so easy. Yeah, so it's such an easy, you can easily burn through them. And there's actually, I haven't listened to it, but there's a podcast that correlates that the. Um, I guess the showrunners and some of the actors have for the show that correlates with each episode. Okay, you this know, makes I more sense. Love a good podcast rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. Uh, so Ernesto, I just looked it up because I was like, there's no way you're like you're is in it, episode it seven. Is, it is seven, out. right? It is. So like I that's just right. looked it up. So they they drop it's a very weird release model. They drop the first three yep. on, on March eleventh. And then one episode on the eighth I'm sorry, two episodes on the eighteenth. And then two episodes on the twenty fifth, and the season finale is actually this this Thursday. So yeah, huh. that's, Ooh, that's that very weird. That makes sense because it's it's getting pretty crazy. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy <laughs> shit that's happening. <laughs> it felt very I, I, penultimate episode. <laughs> I, that's so weird. Like, why would you release it that way? It like, could be, why? It could why be just because you... of COVID? They could just have a weird release schedule due to COVID and Maybe. trying to trying to mix in all their eight eight their their launch stuff. You know, because now that all their true. movies are dropping on their platform now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this way, because like uh, tomorrow at the time we're recording this, well, by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong would be out on HBO Max at this time. So, and oh this. My God, would... my brother is obsessed. Yeah, we're, oh, reviewing, yeah. That we're reviewing that one next week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my God, I know, I know, Jacqueline, I can't, I know you're so excited to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. I mean, I don't actually, you guys, this might come as a shock to you. However, my family has a turtle named Gojira, which is I don't... a Godzilla thing. So I know it and you don't, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> so, 
But Jacqueline, Jacqueline, you gotta do the you gotta do the marathon. You gotta do Godzilla, Kong, Skull Island, and then watch Godzilla versus Kong. No, you missed one. There's yeah. Godzilla, King of Monsters, and then Godzilla versus, and then there's Godzilla, then Kong, Kong, Skull Island, and then Godzilla, King of Monsters, and then Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there were two Godzilla movies within this two yeah. other. But that's not including was, the one with Matthew Broderick that came out like all those years ago. No, no, we're not talking about that one. Yeah, that, that was, doesn't that exist. was its own separate thing. That doesn't exist. That's another and universe. And we're not talking about – that's another universe. This, we're not getting into the multiverse here within the, in the, in the, in the monster world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there yeah, was also – Gojira is the Japanese word for Godzilla. Oh. oh I'm see, sorry that I don't look, know Japanese. I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so, so, <laughs> Gojira. <laughs> See, that's how they say it. Yeah. That's my turtle's name. Okay. <laughs> you should have seen her face. Like, come on, guys. You should know this. Tell them they should watch the movie and hold the turtle in their oh, hands. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> like they petting him. Gojira, look at your movie. <laughs> they, my brothers are obsessed. <laughs> that's funny. And, and, and so you'll be watching them with them, correct? I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing against it. I just, I mean, it's not your thing. We get back, it. Brings me back to earlier today, like when there's a series or something where there's so many movies. I just <laughs> Matt is laughing because we were having a discussion about Star Wars today. I had to read a script about about um, what is it? Obi Wan Kenobi coming out on Disney Plus. Yes. And I was like. Is it, re- what is it, Revenge of the Sith or whatever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you say it like, Revenge of the Sith? Like, what I the hell like, is that? I was like, is it a Sith? And she's like, yes. But it was, it was, and so we start going into like, you know, Star Wars. I, I've seen the original whatever, but I just, I'm not, it just seems too daunting. There's nine movies. So then they start asking me, I'm like, who's? you know Hayden Christensen is he playing Luke Skywalker and they're like no you're close and I was like so who is he playing Darth Vader and they're like kind of and then I was like who is the other one who is the other Skywalker whatever Anakin and then I based Anakin yeah and then I was like I was like is Anakin Luke's dad and I was like wait a minute I was like is that why he says Luke, I am your father. I was like, myself. <laughs> and they were like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, I was just like, oh, like I, it was like this whole big moment. Um, you like the it. dots, you could see the dots connecting in her brain. Yeah. Like, oh man. <laughs> I was like, oh. wow, this is like has been a tale as old as like 1975, and I was like, oh, okay, yes. You're close at 77. I see what they're trying to do here. (laughs) It's it was it was like easily a a solid 15 minutes of me going back and forth. And Sonic is over there now. If you don't, you know, we've had Sonic on the show before, but she is like our resident Star Wars nerd, whether she likes that or not. She loves Star Wars, and so I don't think she couldn't explain the questions that Jacqueline were asking. I I had to step in and be like, (laughs) yes. Yeah, and then she, then you were asking who's Han Solo, and you know, and then I had to explain the structure of the movies to you. I mean, I, I, I think I did a pretty good job. I think you're, yeah, I think you're more a little bit more informed of the Star Wars world. 
I feel like a little bit more intrigued and not that I, I just don't feel as, as like daunting. Does that make sense? Because when you hear yeah. there's nine movies and you're, I have, I've seen two of them, but I don't remember anything. And I saw one of the originals, one of the prequels as there Matt was explaining oh. to me. So yes. I don't remember anything. Um, so I'm like, oh, I don't know. But when we were talking about it, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I can maybe get into this. We'll see. Yeah, and and then, you know, we didn't even get into the talk of how you should watch it. That's another conversation. That's a whole separate conversation. That's a whole separate thing. I didn't realize the debate. If it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3... Right, exactly. Right? Okay, yes, yeah, you are. Like... You did. You said that very good. <laughs> right. You you definitely remembered a lot of what I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, you <so>. listened. <laughs> yeah, she listened. Um, but yeah, we were just giving you a hard time. But uh, the um, I I really hope I really hope that you do uh jump into this series. You said you have Disney Plus, so I and I told you like do do one a month. Like don't don't over yeah. like one a month seems doable. Like I'm not yeah. gonna binge watch nine hours of Star Wars. It's just not gonna happen. Like yeah, no, that, yeah, it's fine. We go. To, I go to bed at like eight p.m. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we go to bed pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's not like I just can come home and watch movies for hours. I mean, none of us can. So I like. I, I feel like. <laughs> Look at Matt's like I can't. Yeah, I mean, Matt's like speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I've spent <laughs> multiple days. <laughs> I fall asleep. You don't fall asleep. No, no, we de- I definitely oh, yeah. fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, but I wake back up like and then I continue. Takes, I know, but it takes longer because I'll be watching this thing like 20 minutes in and then I'm out for two hours and then I go <laughs> yep. back and remember. It's just a, it's a whole process, you know? I'm actually kind of weird sometimes. Like if I really need to pay attention, sometimes I stand up when I watch TV like, and I walk around. I like, do not do that. I do that sometimes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know wow. that's a I know that's a hard no for Matt. <laughs> well, it's funny you said that. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, my friend James, he's an old an old friend of mine. We went to high school together. When we used to hang out, we you know we watched movies, and I would fall asleep all the time, which is nothing new for me. I do it all the time. Yeah. But he would pause it, right? <laughs> and then, right? And so then, like a couple minutes would go by, and then like, I slowly wake up, and he's like, "You fell asleep again." It's like, "No, I'm fine. Keep going. Keep going." <laughs> And, and like he wanted me to watch this, like he's putting this on hey, so I can watch it. Word. Yeah, hey, I'm fine. I'm fine. Keep going. Keep going. And so that and so then so then like uh, he pressed play again. And like you know you know it's funny because like when you're sleeping, it's the noise that you know that you hear in the back of them. Once you once you turn it off and like the noise isn't there, you're like, oh what? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, good. yeah. I'm no, I'm fine. I was awake yeah. the whole time. What are you talking about? I was watching and that so, part. I was watching that part. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> And so then he's like, what happened? Oh, come on, man. You know, it's, it's, you know what happened. It's, it's around the screen. And then, so then it happened so many times. Like, I think he had like a limit. And so the one time that it happened, he was like, stand up. I'm like, oh, don't make me do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you, you got to stand up. It's like, no, I'm so tired. Can we just no. do this? Like another, he's like, he's like, you got to stand up. I'm like, fuck. And so like, I'm just there literally standing watching this damn thing. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> miserable. It's freaking horrible. <laughs> Especially when you're tired. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't want to stand up. But that, I mean, if, if, if yeah, we can get him on the show. thinking about watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, but, no. yeah, so that's what, that's what he made me do. But it was great. I mean, that's funny. That's, that's what friends do, right? Yeah. Um, 
anyway, uh, sidetrack. So you were watching a uh, new, <laughs> like, no, you were watching a. Uh, what, were, what were you watching? We're talking about uh, Godzilla, Godzilla and Kong. We were talking about we were talking about HBO Max, Gen- and then we started Generation. Yeah, the that's generation. Right. Um, the generation. So the season, I guess, the season finale is coming up. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll be watching it this Thursday. But, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's a great show. Check it out. Uh, also, Falcon Winter Soldier episode two. Um, of course, it's great. I love what the MCU is doing. I didn't watch the trailer for this next episode, but I've heard that they show Baron Zemo's mask for episode three. Oh, okay. I I don't I don't typically watch episode trailers. No, neither I, I do I. But a friend of mine. I, I don't like, see a point to that. Me neither. Well, I don't want you know me. I don't watch. I don't watch. You don't trailers watch trailers anywhere. I don't yeah, watch yeah. trailers regardless. For that for really? that reason. No, I usually go in blind. That way I can. Because a lot of times if I watch a trailer, I'll more or less figure out what's gonna happen. Oh yeah, no. See, I was like, uh, <laughs> so, I just, so I just choose to I go watched, in blind. <laughs> did you watch the trailers for these two docu series? You don't watch them? Mm-mm. Oh. Nope. I just went right. I in. watched them like before they came out because I was so excited about them. Yeah. And I was just like tripping. <laughs> after <watching> the trailer. <laughs> and she's like, yes. I'm like, Dan, that, that's my show. That's my next binge right there. <laughs> but uh, yeah. other than that, I've watched, uh, me and my son, we watched the Tom and Jerry movie on HBO Max. Oh, and, oh you did? Okay, was, how, how was it? It was cute. It was a, a cute kid's movie. Uh, this guy, uh, Michael Pena, who's, uh, who was in uh, Ant-Man and Wasp and other movies. He was in to watch. Um, he was good. He was he was one of the yeah. main characters. Uh, Chloe Metz? Chloe's. Yeah, Matt's that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chloe Matt, She's she's oh, the main. Yeah. She's the main lead in that. Um, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was a cute kids movie. I fell asleep a few times, but he liked it, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ernesto, because like so far we've been watching every movie that's been on this hybrid model HBO Max and and theaters, and we haven't missed one yet. So like for me, like Tom and Jerry came out, I was like, ah, I really don't want to see this movie, but I got a good I got a good streak going on. So like I could watch it before it leaves uh, HBO Max, but then again, I don't know if I want to. So like, is is it worth any of my time? Um, I mean, do you like Tom and Jerry? Are you have any interest in <laughs> no. Tom and Jerry? Then no, man, no. probably not. <laughs> but if you just want to watch it just to say that you watched it, then watch it. I mean, it's okay. All right. But it. But when, just, you watch, just... when you finish it, you're gonna be like, all right, that was a thing that I watched. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't sure if there was like I don't know maybe some good message like oh man you missed uh you know you were such maybe maybe the trailer is underselling it that, that's that's what I'm asking but if it's not and you're getting what you what you what you put on then I'll probably just skip it I don't think I need to watch that yeah but yeah yeah you're yeah, pretty okay. safe right. there <laughs> fair enough all right understood understood there um, uh, but that's all I got okay um so in the theme that we got going on this week of documentary series I decided to do all of my watching of documentaries. Um, so hopefully I can maybe recommend some other ones. Uh, I watched, uh, Dolphin Reef, which is on Disney plus Ernesto, you know, that I've been trying to get into those nature documentaries. I've watched the one about the penguins. Mm-hmm. I watched the one about the elephants were not as good as the one with the penguins. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched, <laughs> which wasn't, it was like, on that journey, I wasn't aware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does, doesn't everyone go on this journey of watching animal documentaries? Um, but um, I like how Disney does it because it's telling like a story within the documentary. So um, I, I like how they do it. So that's why I was into it. Um, but 
Yeah, the one about the penguins was really good, really funny. It was narrated by Ed Helms. It was I thought it was really oh. great. And then they also have um uh like it's like another documentary. It's like a companion to the documentary, um, which is like the behind the scenes of the documentary. So it's like just as long as the documentary itself. Um, but it's basically a documentary about the filming of the documentary. And you and they documentary follow about the documentary. Yes, pretty okay. much. And they and <laughs> they follow hilarious. and they follow these guys who are filming the penguins. And like because like the like you see like that they are all of a sudden like the documentary falls into like a hole of like then there's like the storm. And now you're feeling bad for the penguins because now they can't do what they do. But on the other side of it, you're like, oh, now you feel bad for the cameraman because now he's trying to get these penguins in the storm and he's also stuck in the storm. So I don't, I, I, I like that aspect of it. So, so I was like, it was like really, it was both, both of them were really good. And then I watched the one about the elephants and that wasn't that great. Like it was so, I didn't really care for it as much. So I didn't even bother dealing with the other documentary. But then this week I saw the one about dolphins and it kind of explored sea life and, you know, I, I the title's Dolphin Reef, but it was like like a third dolphin, a third about other uh, fish that live in like coral reefs, and then the other third was about whales, and huh. so like it's kind of encompassed a lot of what you know what's surrounding the ocean. But the thing that got me the most, so like I liked, I like you know learned a couple things about dolphins, how they um, how they like hunt for actual fish. You don't think as dolphins as hunters or predators, but they actually are. Um, so that, that was yeah, really interesting. That's kind of, <laughs> exactly. And so like they, they were showcasing like, I think it was called like a mudslide of how they would like make this perfect circle, basically, um, kind of creating this vortex for the fish. And so I guess they can't breathe because of all the mud that, that, that's in, or the sand that's happening. And so the fish are forced to jump out. But then when they jump out, there's a swarm of dolphins waiting on the other side of that so they can eat them. So it's kind of like, they're oh, kind of wow. trapping them. So it's it's kind of crazy. I was like, oh shit, that's kind of very smart. And so you just see like one one doll one dolphin do all the work, and the other one just kind of just like chilling in the back. Like whenever you're ready, we're ready to eat the dolphin, and you got to come back around and catch all these fish that are flying out of the water because they can't breathe. It's it's ingenious. But that's just one of like a few things. They've also kept wow. showing this crab that's very like he likes cleaning things, and like this this crab just goes around and starts cleaning the coral reef. It's it's I don't know I, I feel like that's his job but that's he loved doing that. These also these, these little are like tiny real fish. Real crabs and dolphins. These are real yeah these aren't yeah okay. these are like real real animals doing like what they do on a normal basis. Um, and okay. then the other crazy thing that I thought was like these fish go around and eat bacteria off of other fish. Mm. And like and like these these tiny like there are predators basically these fish are kind of waiting in line for these other smaller fish. To basically like, think of it like a car wash, and they just kind of going around and cleaning off the bacteria. And like, some of them are predators, like to the little fish, and they go like right in their mouth and like, and like clean off all the things. I'm like, this this dude could eat you right now. And you're yeah. like, and this guy's like like open up his mouth. I'm like, yeah, all right, clean clean inside. I'll get you later. But right now <laughs> you got to clean all the stuff inside. And I, was, I that's so fascinating of how like there's like this. Uh, I don't know, like this, I guess this weird understanding of like, yeah, this is good. This fish is going to help me do this thing. And so I'm not going to eat you, but any other day I'm going to eat you. So it's just very strange. Um, and so with that, I watched the other documentary called diving with dolphins, which is the behind the scenes of that. And the craziest, craziest thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many. 
documentaries yeah, there is. on documentaries. There's a lot, yeah. Especially oh. Disney likes to do them anyway. Um, and so the other, the with that documentary, um, like I said, it was about behind the scenes. And the craziest thing that I thought was that they literally had so much equipment to go underwater with. And they had like, you're honest, there was this huge ass jib underwater. I'm like, how oh the God. hell did how you did get that? that? How did you do that? And like, they never showed me. I would, I was like, I would watch a whole separate documentary on that setup because they just showed me. <laughs> <laughs> they just showed me like, like, oh yeah, here's the equipment we use. I'm like, is the boat smaller than the jib? How did you, <laughs> how did you get that in there? <laughs> what is the sorcery? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this. And then they also talked about how the cameramen have these relationship with these animals because they're very comfortable with them being there like they're like an extension of like their dolphin family i don't know it was really interesting so like um because like they can trust them so they that's how they're able to get really close to to them and get the shots that they need and want um so yeah i thought that both of them were really fascinating for different reasons so i definitely recommend uh dolphin reef and diving with dolphins both on netflix i'm sorry both on uh disney plus and then the last thing i watched because I spent most of my time consuming all of this content that we were ta- about to talk about uh, this weekend. <laughs> uh, but the last thing I watched was a documentary called um, Midnight Family, which is on HBO. And it's about a family that runs a private ambulance uh, competing with other, with other private ambulances for profit uh, to basically um, to care for uh, – uh, patients who are needing urgent help. So this is happening in Mexico City, and apparently the the, the beginning of the documentary kind of preference that, you know, the kind of like the healthcare is run by the government. So uh, they only have about 45 ambulances to cover nine million people who live in Mexico City. That's crazy. Yes. So with that, you have these families who are buying, you know, trucks. And, you know, decking them out. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're ambulances, basically. And they're going, this is like their job. They go around and they listen to police scanners and they try to get people in need who, who need help. And, and, they, and, they, and they're, they're rushing there as if, like, um, it's like a competition. Because you see other, other ambulance, private ambulances rushing to the scene because whoever gets there first will get paid. Because that's how they get paid from the injured of these serious situations, and and on top of that, there's a there's a there's a there's a an option where they might not get paid because it's up to the person who's in need to actually pay them. Because if the government comes in and helps them, then it, it's 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 free for the most part because it's all government funded. But if a private ambulance comes and saves you, then they're expecting to get paid for it. It's a very interesting system of like, you know, it's like, you know, they're, they're the people who are running the service. Like I'm helping you, like you're, you're about to die and I'm rushing you to the hospital, but then they're getting upset when you're asking for money. Yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. not cheap. <laughs> it, it's not, it's not cheap at all. And they explain that. Look, like they got gas. That, like there's so much equipment in that one ambulance and it's basically a family run business. Like the guy, the kid who's running it, he's 17 years old. He's running around town from all hours of the night, 17, and, and his dad, may, I think it appears it's uncle. This is in Mexico City, so the whole thing is in Spanish. So 
I didn't really dive in too much with the actual family dynamics, but actually there was actually there was no narration with this movie at all. It was just cuts of you know the day in the life of these people, hmm. and I don't. I was just it was just crazy to see that how many you know it's it's just crazy situation yeah. to, that that I feel like you put yourself in because like literally this person is dying, and then after you got them to the hospital, then you're asking them for money. And then they're being more or less rude. Be like, why, why do I have to pay you? Like, I didn't ask you to come here. I'm like, well, I mean, you might be dead on the street if we didn't come, you know? Right. But also, are those people doctors or they're just driving you to a hospital? You no, know? They're, they're, I, I guess they're acting as EMTs. So they're, they're not doctors. Are they certified? I, 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 they mention a lot about having papers. Um, and so like, they're definitely like, they ran into a lot of problems with the law enforcement in this documentary as well. Okay. So like they, and they presented papers of like, they're certified to be running the service. And so I guess in some degree they must've had some type of training, which they never really dived into as much. Um, but I, I, I wish, I wish they would have dived into a little bit more because they're not doctors. They're just people who have an ambulance who are trying to help other people around the city. Right. Cause I'm just thinking about, you know. Like, I feel like life-saving measures, it's usually the first couple of hours after whatever happens that kind of determines how it's going to go. So mm-hmm. if you're the first person on the scene and you're not certified to do those things or know what to do to help, you're just driving someone to a hospital, like, is that helpful? I don't know. <laughs> like, you could kill yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You can, and then there was one case where they drove them to a hospital, like a big hospital, but they were full. Uh, so then they had to take them to a private hospital, hospital, which costs money. So not the one run by the government right. or, or government funded, I should say. You have to take them to a private one. But again, it, depending on your dire need, like now that's just more money added to the private ambulance that, that just came to the scene. Yeah. On top of that, they're driving you to a private hospital that will probably require to pay for the things that just happened. Wow. Um, it's just a very interesting situation that, um, it's called midnight family on HBO. Um, it's just like, it's just family. a different, yeah, that yeah, was super it's just, interesting. it's just a different world. It, like, you know, and I'm sure if maybe part of that happens here in the United States, but, um, yeah, I just find it very interesting. It's a very like, and then the, again, it's like also a competition half part of the documentary was just like them racing across the street. Like you see another ambulance in the view and they're like racing to the scene because that's money. That's like their form of payment. That's how they get paid. And there are also a lot of cases where they're like, we don't have any money this week. We haven't been able to get anything for the last three days. And then you also have to keep up maintenance with the with the vehicle. There was one time where they ran out of gas, so they had to push it to a gas station. I mean, it's 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 very wow. interesting living. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's like I'm not sure. Like, if I was put in that situation, like, is this type is this the type of lifestyle that you want for yourself, even as a profession? I don't know. It, it sounds very interesting. But then you get that gratification that you are saving people at some point. Yeah. There's lots of consideration. Like, you know, they probably feel like that's the only opportunity that they have. You know, the opportunities are probably very limited. And that, you know, people are always going to get people are always going to get hurt, you know? Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Um so yeah, I just found it a very interesting. It came out in 2019. Um so yeah, Midnight Family on HBO. Go check it out. Um that's it. That's all I've really been watching this week. Um, so with that, we're going to dive into, uh, Jacqueline's favorite topic ever, uh, is, is true. Yes. Uh, true crime. Uh, but before we dive into that, um, Jacqueline, I asked you this question when you were on 
last time, and I said, why reality TV? Like, you know, there's movies and TVs, uh, and TV shows, but you specifically watch reality TV shows. And I'm going to ask you the same question again, but why crime documentaries or true crime anything? Because I know you listen to the podcast. I know you like to watch them yeah. on, you know, on TV. And, like, we all work in news. And so we're often consumed by that on the daily. And then when you go home, you're like, I want more of that. I don't know. It's different. I think, okay, so I have a theory of like when I was um, maybe like seven or eight years old, my babysitter used to watch Law and Order SVU when she was watching me mm. and I would watch it with her. Why that's appropriate for a seven or eight year old? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, and I don't think I fully understood what was happening. And she was like, that's the bad guy. It was like, died, you know, like diluted it for me. But I was, oh, I, when I was, that was my first like intro to true crime was my literally watching Law and Order SVU with Mariska Hargitay. She's still on it because she's freaking BA. Like <laughs> watching it. And I would, I would always ask questions. Like I was so just like, intrigued by the mystery and I've always 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 been like that I don't know why it's not like I love murder itself obviously but it, I think it's just the like the mystery of it and wanting to know what's next and just that especially in these docuseries and in the, these two specifically I feel like after each episode aren't you just like okay now what and you like yeah. want to keep watching you know you just like want to know how it unfolds. And I still like Unsolved Mysteries, like that series on Netflix, even mm -hmm. though they're unsolved. But I love the theories and what could have happened and thinking of my own theories of what it could have been. Um, and really with the podcast, I just started getting into that probably within the last two years because I, when I lived outside of Florida, I was always flying home. And when I fly, I usually like to watch TV and only like listen to thing, things on um, planes. But now that I'm back in Florida, I can drive to more things like drive to my parents' yeah. house or drive to whatever. So I hate driving. And someone, when I first moved here, all of our coworkers, for anyone who doesn't know, everyone listens to podcasts. Like it is a thing. We talk about them, whether it's true crime or conspiracy theories or whatever everyone has a podcast suggestion for everything. And so <laughs> somebody, I can't remember who it was, was like, you should just listen to a podcast to just kill the time when you drive. And I was like, okay, down, open to it. And I'm still trying to get through this list of podcasts <laughs> from like two years ago. So I think to answer your question, I think overall it was just like the mystery aspect of it and just wanting to know, like the details in a case and what's next and chronologically like following how it unfolds is very interesting to me. But I do blame my babysitter <laughs> from when I was seven or eight. I think she like laid the foundation for that. Okay. So that's very seven interesting. Or eight year old, I don't know that I would watch Law and Order SVU with them, <laughs> but I don't know. I still love that show. It's freaking amazing. Are you, are you actively watching that? I I don't actively watch it. I mean, there's a thousand episodes. That's like, fair. That's but fair. I think yeah. the Stabler and Olivia Benson reunion is coming up. Either it just happened or it's happening. I think it's again. happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a crossover event. So I think I'm going to tune in for that because that's like like an OG duo. Like, I love them. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And there All right, you so have it. 
there you have it. All right, so let's dive into it. We're, gonna, we're about to have our spoiler conversation of okay. the Night Stalker true crime documentary available on Netflix. So, Jacqueline, we'll start with you. Uh, give us your thoughts on um, on this uh, series. The whole, just like in general, or we start, let me pull up my notes, man. Hold up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's like, hold okay. on, I got a lot to say here. So, I got a lot. Okay, so my, I when I was, you know, reading about it, because obviously, like, to be honest, I really didn't know much about the case, which, like, I feel like I know a lot about murders that happened in the 90s or the 2000s, like Lacey Peterson, JonBenet Ramsey, all those things. And I don't know if it's just because that's when I was, like, 10, 11, 12, Natalie Holloway, like, those things were happening, Elizabeth Smart. They were happening mm. in the news while I was alive and on earth. Whereas like things in the seventies and the eighties, I don't know as much about, you know, as I'm familiar. So I know this is a huge infamous case, but I really wasn't that familiar with it, especially because it happened in California. So it's not like yeah. geographically it's close by to us or anything. Um, so I kind of went into it, not really knowing anything. I'm like, I'm not going to Google it or I'm not going to do anything. Cause I just want to like watch it unfold. So it was actually pretty brand new to me, but for anyone listening that like hasn't watched it or doesn't know anything about it, basically they set the scene of it's like 1984. The Olympics were just held in Los Angeles. Like the Lakers are doing great then. And so it's like this glamorous, you know, mid eighties lifestyle in LA and people are obviously more carefree back then. Like there's not really alarm systems. There's not, you know, locking your doors and just being paranoid is not like a thing there. Um, and it was the summer. So everyone is sleeping with their windows open and, and whatnot. And that's pretty normal. And so it's, it's terrifying to like watch it unfold. that there's a, this man that you don't really know much about, because I feel like, they don't really dive into the murderer himself until no. later in the, the end, documentary, yeah. right? Yeah, so you really don't know anything about this person. You you hear all of the victim testimonies, which I think is almost more gutting because it's yeah. like they really personalize it. For example, there's like a grandmother who was murdered and they're talking to like, this grandmother's like her grandchildren her, the parents and everything and it's like they're just giving you stories about their their grandmother all these fun times and they're showing old pictures of her and then they go into these gory details of like yeah how yeah. she was murdered and that's another thing i feel like the how they go into the murders and just how it's directed where there's like a freaking you know, a hammer that's like dropping covered in blood or it's like, it kind of gets a little graphic without being too graphic, graphic, if that makes sense. Like while you're I would say it, that, I would say that it was graphic. I, I felt like it was. Yeah. And they show yeah. a lot in the yeah. crime scene photos. I feel like a lot of the times in crime scene photos, they like blur a lot of things out. This was like a bar over the victim's eyes and it was like everything else. Yeah. So I feel like it was really I don't know if it was like the juxtaposition of, okay, I'm, I'm hearing from this woman's daughter and her granddaughter and how great of a person she was. And I'm like humanizing this victim and here's what happened to her. And it's like, ah, it's like right in your face. So I just feel like that was a little 
jarring and terrifying. And like, and there's, I don't even remember how many victims total, but it's like dozens in the twenties of victims. They go from age like six to age 84, 85. Um, and it's like all different kinds of things it's like, you know, murders, rape, all men, women, old, young, like there's nothing specific about it. So I think the fact like that they start off, you're hearing all these victim testimonies. And that's another, another thing with serial killers. A lot of the times there's like, like they have an MO, right? Like it's always like young women between the ages of 18 to 20 that have dark hair or whatever, right, you know? Right. And the fact that this seems so completely random while people are caught off guard, it's so gruesome and you know nothing about who's doing it for the first three episodes, it's terrifying. And Matt, I was telling you, like, earlier, I couldn't watch it, like, past 5 p.m. Like, I'm like, it's a lot for, like, I'm kind of a scaredy cat anyways, which is weird considering I'm really into this stuff, but <laughs> I just really had to shut it off and watch something else from after 5 o'clock because I literally could not sleep. And this is even before I know who's doing this or anything about this person. Yeah, and I'm kind of on the same boat. Not really like I can't watch it at night, but for me, at least with this that particular documentary, I was like, I was two in, and there's only four. I was two in, and I was like, I'm I don't need to watch. I, I can take a pause. I'm gonna pause on this right <laughs> I now because <laughs> I need a break. It's a lot of heavy it's material. A it's a lot that they're diving that they're giving you. Or, or Nestor, what we're kind of uh, you're I, over over. I kind of like just kind of piggybacking what you guys are saying, like. Like yeah, it's heavy, but it feels like it's necessary. I mean, this is these are these people's lives. I mean, yeah. this should actually yeah. happen. And Richard Ramirez, uh, Jacqueline, I just looked it up. Ramirez, he was convicted of 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, and 11 sexual assaults. But I think some of the sexual assaults are tied um, to the murders, and then 14 yeah. burglaries. Burglaries. And this is not even this is not even talking about the child the child attacks because i do believe i do remember in the documentary they mentioned that they dropped those charges just because they didn't want to put the kids because he there he was already going Uh, to jail for life yeah yeah Yeah. they didn't want to like put the kids through that trauma more so than what they've already dealt with yeah yeah exactly Um, and also the fact that in in the documentary they they interviewed one of the kids yeah uh, in that situation now she's she's an adult now but just hearing her story um it was just like and Jack, like you were saying, like this was happening without there's no MO and there's this madman running around the streets of L.A. doing whatever he wanted to do. And and, and like the documentary expressed, like who's next? It could literally have been anybody. And not to say that he was specifically going after one person. So, it's yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. Um, just some of the main things that really popped out to me. I mean, a lot of people look at these things as like murder porn because you know they do show so much like you know gore and you know just like you were saying you know some of it is blurred out but this was very much in your face you know Mm -hmm. they have to i feel like it's necessary like if you if you're watching this like you've already signed on for whatever crazy shit they're about to show you yeah a lot of it is you know understanding the human condition like what can we point out from that human being that maybe something that we don't see about somebody we know or, or, or whoever, or just somebody you see. Um, some things that really popped out to me, uh, like in episode one, Mrs. Doy, when she tried to stay alive, she like was the only person that had thumb cuffs on her. And she had to, her husband saved her life uh, before he died by calling 911. 
um, and she has, she managed to rip uh, like rip the thumb cuffs on, and then they show you like the actual yeah. crime scene photo of the thumb mm-hmm. cuffs. Like, like where do you even get those from? Like, yeah, you know. And then to have to have all these people come back and relive the most horrifying moments of their life. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously there there must have been some sort of compensation or whatever involved to get them to do the interview, but still, like these people are still. reliving the most horrifying. Like one of like in particular is when the grandmother got killed and then they're talking to the daughter and then right they do a side by side showing her interview from 1985 of yeah of her talk i forgot she asked a question and then she it was the way they did it was cool like she asked a question now but then they just started playing her answer to that question in the previous interview so it's yes. just like a lot of like rehashing all those all those horrifying old men um Memories. memories yeah yeah um, yeah I th- you know obviously one of the turning points of of the case is in episode two when he tries to break into that cop's house and like they just happen to be watering their plants where they were perfect where the ground was perfectly saturated to catch a perfect print and he just happened to go to the window that was painted shut that required him to push it up with just enough force and then he was at a cop's house who knew oh, well let me preserve this shoe print before yeah. the crime scene guys like like it's just crazy to think about like sometimes how all these little things have to fall into place for that one specific clue to make sense and that that was such a turning obviously such a turning point in this case yeah and that shoe print is like freaking wild so whenever i was first watching that and like the when they go into the backstory about the shoe print so it's a black and they can tell this obviously from the specific print and it's at multiple crime crime scenes following this it's like a black 11 and a half avia is that how you say it yeah yeah avia shoe and i was mind blown when they go back and try and find like in they go from taiwan there's like 1300 of those black shoes that were sent to the to or that were made only six of them were sent to the u.s Mm-hmm. Five of those were sent to Arizona, and one was sent to LA. And they tracked down that specific store, and and I'm like, oh my god, okay, because like I said, I knew really nothing about this this case yeah. to be honest. And at that point, I'm like, oh my god, they're what a smart thing to do. They're 100% going to find this guy. And I also think it's a reflection of the fact that it's the 80s. Like they went to that store, and then it was a dead end. They're like, yeah sorry, we don't have any other, like nowadays, are you kidding me? Like if that yeah. happened, we could pull up your credit card, surveillance video, everything of, of the specific person who would have bought that shoe. But now that it's like, I mean, what, 1984, 85, it's like a dead end. It's like so close, but no. And I feel like there were so many like flip ups and like bad things, whether it was just like a mistake on the cop's end or the constant battle between like, the cops and the media releasing information. I just oh, felt like yeah. they were so close so many times. One with the shoe print um, to the fact when they had a car that he used, but they accidentally left it in like a junkyard and yeah. there, it was sitting in the sun for so long that the, any fingerprints on there were just like totally out of the way. I felt like there were so many times where I felt like they were so close, but they just kept, I don't know, it was an oversight or, you know, something with the media releasing that information about the shoe print that they didn't want to get out. And and another, you know, point they make is that 
obviously this person, like, clearly we know he's insane, but clearly he's doing this and wants the media attention for it. So it's mm. like if the media is leaking information that is that only the murderer would know, he's obviously paying attention to that. They were, you know, they mentioned that he tells his victim towards, like, you know, a little bit into the investigation, like, he tells them, like, I'm the night stalker. Like, he repeats the the name the media coined him as to mm -hmm. his victims. Like, it's almost like a notoriety thing. Like, he is, like, proud of that, which is just disgusting. But yeah. it's just, it just crazy that, I don't know, so much oversight can happen like that in such a high-profile case and watching it. And you can tell, obviously, the cops involved are extremely impacted. Like, they talk about Gil, that's the the main, you know, police officer, and just, like, the toll it took on his family and his mm -hmm. wife and his kids not feeling safe, obviously, in their own home and moving and, like, leaving while the investigation was at, you know, its peak. It's just, it's literally insane. Yeah, you make a, a great point that there was a lot of, like, man, if they just, if they just did it this way, then they would have got him so much earlier. And you yep. make a good point with specifically with the the car, like they were they got him on a, just a, a a standard routine check of like you know we're gonna you know I, I forgot I think that like he did like a traffic violation or something and like they got him out of the car and his hand pins were on the car and then he just booked it. And I I actually wrote this down. He said one of the one of the people said in the documentary said that you can commit a crime in L.A. and then be across three different jurisdictions in five minutes. Yeah. And then with each wow. jurisdiction, you have homicide detectives and they're working on their own individual cases because this profession has, uh, oh yeah, because and they're working on different cases. So like they'll be working on one thing where they think it's all connected. And then, but you need, you need the, uh, the approval of their detectives before you can even get the information. And by the time they were able to get all that, it was too late. Yeah. Like there's so much yeah. like logistics behind it, which was ridiculous. And the one that really like annoyed me was the dental office when they were like, like when they found oh. the little card. Yeah, I know. Like they found like the card in, in, the in the like, car. By, it, by the time they actually finally got to the car, the prints were no good, but they got evidence of like, oh, he's going to need to go to the dentist. And then they actually got him and was like, oh, he, and the, they spoke to the dentist and like, hey, look, this is what the situation is. He's going to need to come back. And then you had officers waiting there for days and days. And then your your superior was like, you know, this is this, this is a dead end. He's never going to come back. Pull your officers. And so they're like, okay, and we're just like the next day. The next day. He comes the next day. And they were like, oh, we installed this button. So when he comes, just push it and we'll be right here. And then like, like the dental, like the uh, I, 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 dental doctor. What what is he called? The 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 dentist. Um, the dentist. Wow. <laughs> The dent well, the dentist called uh, the detective. He's like, "Where were you? He was here." And he's like, "You guys ever pushed a button? Like we were pushing it the whole time." And it's like, "Oh, it malfunctioned. What perfect storm does that have to be?" I know. Where, where he come? Not only does he come the next day, but the button that you installed for as a failsafe doesn't work either. It, it, to to me, that was just in like the story. The, the story had a lot of ups and downs and crazy moments. That just makes you just like, oh, it gives you a headache. Right. I think the biggest one has to be with the San Francisco mayor holding that oh, press yep. conference. Like Ooh. pretty much blurry, blurting everything out, you know? 
um that was probably the biggest at least for in my eyes that's probably like the biggest faux pas yeah me too and i know they they interview a couple of different you know journalists that are covering the case and i feel like in every major whether it's a podcast or you know a tv show every major case i feel like they always have like some sort of journalist in there who was covering it at the time and there's always seems to be this battle brought up of like the media wanting to get the media like a blanket statement you know but like those who are covering the case who like just want to gather information versus the cops who want to protect it and i this is actually something i heard in a in a podcast about the dc sniper which is like obviously a totally different case but they brought up a point that like a lot of journalists across the board just want the public to understand like what is happening in these cases and either the severity of it or what to look out for. And it's coming from a place most of the time, not of like, we have this information and we're just going to try to blurt it out there for ratings, but to, to honestly inform the public of the situation at hand, whether that's to explain the severity of it or explain what this person looks like so you can help be on the lookout of it or for them because obviously like masses things work better that way than just you know a, the cops that are working the case like if everyone knows and ultimately in this case that's kind of how he was captured was from citizens you know oh, so it's, yeah. and and like so that was the the conversation that was brought up like Obviously, police officers want to keep certain things close to their their chest because there's certain information that only the killer would know, and that helps. But on the flip side of it, it's like, where do you draw that line versus what does the public need to know to, like, understand fully what's happening and, you know, what do they need to know to help? So it's yeah. like a weird balance. But I do think with the mayor of San Francisco, who's now she's like a senator, I think, right? Uh, Diane uh, Feinstein, Feinstein. Um, I just think that was just being careless. I'm like, come on. And especially because it's also so crazy. Like, what are the odds that something in San Francisco and Southern California actually are connected? Like, I right. think that's very specific information especially for her to have. Um, I don't know. I'm like, God, that is crazy. And then the fact, you know, and, and also if I'm the freaking night stalker watching her say this, and then I see the, you know, police chief in Los Angeles giving a counter one, basically saying how detrimental that was to your investigation. You're like, ha, huh, I freaking fooled you. You know what I mean? It's just so, it's insane. I just, I think that was probably probably one of the biggest um i don't know like blows to the case even more yeah. than the dentist but but i do think it led to the ultimate to the ultimate when they had that media blitz where they announced the name to me that's like the highlight of the case because once everybody starts yeah. noticing him i mean i felt like just so i don't know like i, I want to say happy i guess happy is the best word for it like when, yeah. when you see that people are starting to recognize him and they start chasing him I wish that, like, I wish I lived in that neighborhood, like, to be in the neighborhood <laughs> that day, be like, there he is, Every, like, you just, cause then, like, you get that true sense of community of, like, let's band together, let's fuck his ass up, and let's get his ass arrested or kill him yeah. or whatever, Literally. yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it, like, gets so, um, and the guy, I think, I can't remember his name, 
I want to say it's Jose, but I could be wrong. Anywho, this young man was like walking to his car at night to get a pillow, I think, and just swore that he saw a person. He was like, at first, I thought I saw somebody in the corner of my eye, and I was like, that is him. that is the guy. Like, he, I saw him in the corner of my eye. He sees him get into like an orange hatchback and remembers a, the partial oh, plate right. number. Yeah. And runs and tells his dad. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, what? I mean, obviously, everyone in that area at that time is going to be probably more on alert and looking out for things. But just having the mental capacity to actively know to remember that in a state where you obviously have to be a little bit scared, I yeah. think is just, like, super commendable. And obviously, it helps the entire thing. Um, he runs back inside. They only ran, like, I think they only had three numbers or letters, three parts of the plate. Yeah. Matched it to this, to this orange hashback. And they ended up finding the vehicle, like, abandoned in a strip mall parking lot or something. Um, and, like, which is how I think they got his name, actually, like, leading up to actually getting his name and everything, which is just, like, I don't know insane and then uh, and then the fact that it's these people essentially the same people that he's been terrorizing the entire time or ultimately how he's caught and you know it's it's just like kind of full circle it's nothing nothing not to like you know shit on the police or anything at all but it's just like how crazy is that these people have been trying all these operations to find you and all these resources and it's like you end up being beaten up by a bunch of citizens like i mean good I'm glad citizens like arrest <laughs> yeah. yeah but but that, that but i yeah totally agree it's it's like you were you know like you said it kind of there's like this 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 justice that's within this is kind of like uh it, it's like you were terrorizing and and like killing all these people this whole time and then what literally was getting you know was what was satisfying your need was your ultimate demise of the citizens coming back at you when they got all the information. Um, it, it was, it was quite, you know, again, justice of how that, that story ended. I do found, found it interesting that we did, we kind of got all aspects of the story, which I really did appreciate. Like by hearing the victims, they definitely humanized. Like, it's like, we, we can see these crime documentaries and see like somebody got killed. Right. And then the, then the documentaries focused on the murderer or the serial killer in this case. Um, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case for this one. It was like, we're giving you the victim's point of view first and not really focusing on the killer. Like he did commit these murders, but we're seeing it through the, you know, either the victim's eyes or the, um, the family of the victims and see what they, you know, and their situation. And then we got to see it under a detective point of view and following the investigation. And then we also got to see a little bit of how the media was handling this. And I thought that was another interesting take. I, I did find it fascinating that somehow you know the news reporter i believe her name was um uh laurel eckerson and she was able to like she had information and she said she was going to put this information out and and she's like and she used it as leverage to get an exclusive interview and i i mean i don't know for me personally that's typically not you know that's kind of like movies like that, that only happens in the movies when you have, you know, give me, yeah. give me the scoop, give me the scoop and I'll, I won't reveal this information. Um, but I'm sure, 
this happens more often than not on, you know, higher level journalism or people who are like going out and like, I have a source, but I'm not going to tell you who they are type deal. Um, I, I just found that whole thing interesting because then like they were, you know, you can see the, the, you can see the media perspective where like, we want to know more information. So I have this leverage. So I'm not going to say anything, but I need, we need, we, you got to, you got to talk to me exclusively. And then you have the detective side where it's like, ah, oh, this lady, like, I'm just trying to do my job. And now, <laughs> now they want to talk to me about things that we may, may not uh, want to talk about. But like to, to your points, to both of your points, Definitely when the, uh, the San Francisco mayor revealed all the information was definitely a big blow, especially when we spent so much time on the shoe. Like the shoe was how it started. Yeah. And then as soon as right. they gave the information was that you all you all you, you can only help it when you're watching just like like just shake your head. Like, oh, man. No. I know. And like and like without knowing how this ended, you're like they're now they're never gonna catch this guy. Right, yeah. then because then he changes shoes. Why would he exactly. why would he wear the same shoes if he knows that they're onto him, you know? But also there's I feel like there was also some point of like whenever all that was happening, it it at least how at least the documentary was stating like he went to go visit his brother. And so it almost looked like he wasn't paying attention to the news because when he came back like they said he just hopped off the was it a train station or a bus yeah, and then he just walked station, out yeah. like a bus station and then as soon as he walked outside people were recognizing him and that's when like he was on the yeah, run true, basically. Yeah. So like it almost like he was like he he took himself like uh he wasn't on guard for like a brief moment and then right. I'm sure if all that information was out he probably would have left town if I would assume that. Um, but he's like, all right, I'm just going to come back into this area. And then obviously he was on the run for a little bit, but, and then also it's kind of crazy how it ended. Like, cause then the, then the documentary kind of goes into his, his, his court case. Right. And how, and how he was, you know, it, it's, it's kind of sad, but he was like idolized by some people. Is that the word? Idolized? Yeah. yeah he, had idolized by, he had groupies. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's attractive. Like, let's go follow him. And then, like, like what? what what are you guys doing right now? Like, it, it, it's just like when, when you spent so much time, you know, within four episodes learning the whole situation. And then you see, like, people that are like, oh, yeah, no, I want to be with this guy. It's just like it's so baffling. Yeah. Agreed. It is baffling. I feel like in every major, you know, like serial killer case, like a lot of them are married and have wives that marry them once they were in jail. Like, I don't know why or like who thinks that's a good idea but like a lot um who are the there there was a murder of like two brothers i can't think of their names off the top of my head um but they murdered their parents in cal in la in beverly hills um anywho but they were like good looking rich guys and both of them are in jail and married they wow. have like wow and i'm like what like who wants that to be a part of that in yeah. your life like that is insane to me that's that's not something that anybody should strive for at no, all I like, don't know. it's yeah. crazy it's, it's yeah. insanity um i don't know so i wasn't surprised by that unfortunately only because i feel like and and like i said i'm listening to a podcast about the dc sniper right now and i was googling um the guys involved and one of the first things that came up was like dc sniper wife now i'm like what like <laughs> are you kidding i don't know and it's i just think it's i don't know it's kind of sick but i'm i mm-hmm. can't say i'm surprised i feel like you, I, you see that a lot 
yeah, you see these women they're sending him like naked pictures and like letters and cards. Uh, but I do think post like once he gets arrested, like it just after that it just gets bonkers. And then he has that journalist who comes and meets him in the prison and records their conversations. I wanted to see I want to see that. I want yeah, to. Yeah, they kind of brushed over that. They kind of brushed over there, and I feel like that would like I could have gone a whole episode just on just listening to that like because then that's really when you can get into his psyche and really understand like the way he thinks and the way he like perceives the world well and this is the same director from the ted bundy tapes right on netflix okay i believe Uh... it's the same director which like that's when you and in that documentary you actually hear a recording from Ted Bundy when from when he was in jail like after he's convicted and everything and it's and it's him diving into how he found the victims how he picked them why he wanted to what he did to them and it's so just like I don't know irks you to hear that stuff and I was actually listening to um, a podcast shocking um, about <laughs> about about from this like crime reporter and he was saying like i think a very you know a lot of people want to believe that all of these serial killers and these murderers are are monsters and they always have been and he's like while they are to an extent he's like what's even more terrifying is that there really is a portion of their life where they're completely normal they're just right normal people and so for this crime reporter he was saying what's most interesting to him about his job is like learning how these people get to the point where they murder someone, like what leads them to that moment in time, which I thought was a very interesting perspective. Um, just cause, and I think with this documentary, it's obviously the complete opposite because we hear really nothing about him until the end. And we don't really hear much about his background or who he right. is and whatnot. And so from a, for like one aspect, I can appreciate that because I don't want to like glorify yeah. or give attention yeah. to someone who has committed these heinous crimes. Like, you know, not that I want to make these victims like relive this horrible moment in life, but just like, I think it, it really, people like can empathize with victims and their, stories and getting to know the victims as people um i almost i don't know i kind of think it's i see what what they were doing and going in that direction versus being like this is the who the night sucker was and making it just like all about him you know i kind of i i think i i while i would be interested like that stuff is always intriguing to me to know how people get to that point i i do appreciate how they did it agree me per i don't even want to know i don't even want to know that that psyche in my yeah. opinion that that's not that's not the documentary that i would want to sign up for is like all right so how did you get to the point from this to this like i don't think i need to know that information in my yeah opinion. i don't really either exactly um, i'm not but um i agree with you matt i'm kind of like yeah you're I, you're a terrible person 
<laughs> like right, right, and and so like I I prefer I liked how the way that this documentary was structured because like I said like you do get a well-rounded story without really glorifying the man who who did all these you know horrible things. Yeah. Uh, and then well, I mean, they gave us they yeah. gave us his they gave us his backstory without like they did they really did. Re- really glorifying it. Right, right, right. Um, and then ultimately, it took him. I think I wrote down it took three and a half years just to get the trial started, which um, you know it, it, it's not uncommon for you know court cases to take a while to get you know started up. And then from 1989 to 2013, he was sitting on death row. Uh, until ultimately he died, uh, died of cancer. So that's also interesting that he's been put on death row, but you know it took 24 years to not happen. Uh, which I don't know what the it's... process of death row is, but you know you you would think when you hear someone put on death row it would be somewhat soon, but no, that's not the case. Yeah, and I also like remember when they were you know reporting or they were showing all the older news reports of him when he died of cancer you know when they were giving the updates and stuff and some of the people were like i don't know like how crazy like this man is it's like this huge case across california he does all these egregious things they finally catch him he's sentenced to you know life in prison and ultimately is caught by the citizens that he's terrifying and then he dies of just like cancer it just seems like i don't know so such a i don't want to say like normal but just not like you were like okay he's on death row he's gonna die right yeah. you know that way like it's just not an expected i don't know thing for someone who's done all those like horrible crimes you know especially because it's like he's finally in prison he got sentenced and convicted and all these things right. you know so it just yeah. kind of shows you like it's not an immediate thing when you know people go away to jail or, or put on you know uh, have the death sentence. Um, but yeah, almost, I mean, it almost seems yeah. not fair. It almost right. seems not fair. Like, almost, yeah. yeah, like you deserve, like you deserve to suffer. Like I'm sure you might have suffered a little bit with your cancer, but like you deserved, like he obviously deserved worse, a worse punishment than that. Yeah, and it just like when you hear that he died cancer sitting in jail, it's like really. Uh, okay, I mean he's okay. dead. I mean he's dead, but I mean I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I, like there's it, no other way to there's no other way to process that information. Yeah, like, it's just like, like so all right. <laughs> puzzling. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so kind of, kind of as as we uh, as we wrap up this one, anything else you wanted to add? Uh, we might not have mentioned about the, this documentary. Um, no, I will just say I think overall, like. I enjoyed it, but I do think it's, it was one of the harder ones for me to watch consistently and just like knock out versus other, you know, pod, true crime podcast or, you know, other docuseries, just because I feel like it really was so detailed in terms of, mm. you know, like the victim accounts and everything. And yeah. also just because it was such a, it was so many horrible things. You have like children and grandparents and people being murdered and tortured in all these, a range of terrible ways. Like it was just so much. It was a lot that I felt like it actually took me a long time to like process even one episode. 
so it did take me a while to, to get through it. But I will say, I think, like, you remember things based on how you feel when you watch them or listen to them. Like, that's what sticks with you, right, is when you feel right. really a powerful way, whether it's really good or really bad, however you feel. Like, I think that's what makes something, a story, just stick with you. So I do think while it was hard to watch, I can appreciate that it made me feel that way because I think I was kind of taken back to how people must have felt when they were living that and how right. scared they were. Um, and so like, while I don't appreciate it, I think it does fully paint the picture of like how people felt who were like, you know, living in that time in LA or just in California, you know? So I think it was heavy, but like you said, Ernesto, I think it was kind of necessary to fully telling the story from, you know, the cop's perspective to the victims, to their families and, and all of that. And the fact that it's one individual doing all of this to all these people is also just mind blowing and terrifying. But I, but I do think like it was heavy, but I definitely think it, it like that will stick with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Ernesto? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the same. Like, it's, it's a great documentary. It is very, very hard to watch. What I will say, I've, what I really enjoyed was any time that we would talk to Gil. Like, I just felt like, Me too. like, like, I would just love to hear from him and, like, anything he has to say. So if they were to ever convert this into, like, a, either a dramatized movie or something, I would love it if it was centered around Gil as a main character and, like, maybe what he went through to solve the case. But, uh, yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, we definitely got a lot of, of, of Gil, Detective Gil, uh, because he also had a family. And I felt like we dived into, like, his – we dived in more into his world more than the other as opposed detective. to – more to the other detective, yeah. Right. Where, like – so we got to know his family a little bit, and then we realized how it was affecting his family. So I feel like we were able to have a little bit more time with him um and like really feel for him and kind of like almost rooting for him he's like come on gil you can get him like yeah you know it's kind of, it's kind of what, you're, what you're doing you kind of feel uh, like he was the hero of the story like almost. he was yeah it yeah. almost felt like the even though the the, the real heroes were the citizens of la exactly. um but but he definitely got them to to do that you know he was he was part of that journey um but yeah i i also really you know, like like kind of piggybacking on both of what you guys were saying, it's a hard watch. Like I like I said, I can only do two at a time. It's only four, so it took me two two like sit downs to watch it. Um, but I thought it was a very uh, interesting documentary, definitely. And kind of with any documentary, you learn some things. You know, you learn things that happened before you were born. Like this is these are people's lives. People are still living today with that trauma from when a moment where you weren't alive. Um, and so I, I found that aspect intriguing and also diving into this, you know, like, and, all, and the scary part is that this could happen again. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like this, it, it doesn't take much for, for these series of events. And so like, I can only imagine what, if you're living in that area, what you might've been feeling, uh, when this, you know, this, you know, this crazy man going around and, and just, and just killing people. Um, so yeah, I definitely uh, I would recommend people to watch it. Also, it was a very straightforward story. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like it was a very linear story, as opposed to mm-hmm. the next thing we're about to talk about, which was more of a diving into more of a mystery. Uh, so with that, that's our review on Night Stalker, uh, the Night Stalker: The Hunt for a Serial Killer. Again, available on Netflix. So now we're gonna dive into our. Um, 
our next spoiler review, which is uh, crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Uh, like like I was kind of just mentioning, this is more set up as a mystery. We're trying to figure out the disappearance of of Elisa Lamb, and she was a re- she was a guest at a hotel, and then one day no one can find her, and that's kind of like the premise that we're kind of diving into. So Jacqueline, again, we'll start with you. Kind of give us your overview of what your thoughts were on this this documentary. Okay, so typically, like, in and another thing, I really didn't know much about this case either, which is weird because it just happened in what, like, 2013? 2013. Yeah, this is a very, um, this is a, yeah, very recent. Yeah, 2013. Very yeah. recent. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why. I just didn't really know much about it. And I didn't want to read ahead. I didn't want to know anything. So I kind of went into it not knowing much. Like, I knew her name, but I didn't really know much else. Typically, I don't really like when in crime documentaries there is a lot of reenactment you know sort of like people there is an actress who kind of portrays Elisa and it's not like you're seeing her face but um a a big part of her story is that she's this she's what like 21 she's a young college kid she's living in Canada and she's just like eager to travel and see the world and she's on Tumblr right and she blogs on her public Tumblr. And so I think to kind of understand who Elisa is, like that reenactment does do a good job, even though I don't usually prefer it. Um, I actually liked it because it's kind of um, artistic in a way. They just kind of have a voiceover of her, what her Tumblr post said while she's typing on the computer or you see reenactments of things, but it's kind of in an artistic light. It's not like you're watching a show about it, you know? Um, but anyways, I think the reenactment is important to paint a picture of Elisa and who she is and what she's going through at the time when she travels to L.A. So I didn't really know anything about it the whole time, to be honest, up until they actually reveal what happened to her. I'm thinking like, OK, this girl should have done her research when she went and stayed at this hotel <laughs> on right. Skid Row. There's literally a play in a song about this horrible place. Like, I'm like, <laughs> like down on Skid Row, like, hello. Um, so I don't know. I was like, come on. You gotta do, like, if you're computer savvy and on Tumblr, like, ah, oh, I wish you would have done more research. So that was kind of like my first, like, what the heck moment. And it's obviously not just her. They, they highlight other tourists from England and other parts of the world that fell into the same kind of trap where they thought they were getting a good deal on a hotel in downtown Los Angeles. So yeah. I guess it's more, more common than, I mean, it's easy for me to say, you know, just watching it, knowing what happens. But um, the whole time I thought somebody murdered her. Like that was what I was thinking. Um, I don't know. I just thought like, yes, it's weird. I thought she was like on drugs or had been drugged by someone in the hotel. I didn't think she was like actively taking drugs for her own sake. Like she struck me as just kind of like a naive, curious 20 something year old student who wanted to explore, you know, the U S and explore like, you know, have like a West coast of the U S thing going on. Great. Um, And I feel like when I was like watching the surveillance video, because it's the whole documentary is structured around this surveillance video that LAPD releases to try and help shed some light on what happened to her. They released this video after she's been missing for a couple of days and you guys have seen it. She's like pushing all the buttons, 
pushing her hands around like she's trying to touch something. She looks really paranoid. She's like looking outside of the elevator. So I'm thinking like she maybe went out, was like followed back to the hotel by someone sketchy in the area, was like hanging out with them, being nice, being naive or whatever, because she was just wanted to make friends and whatnot. So I'm thinking like she went out by herself, ran to the wrong person they like drugged her or like put something in her drink. That's why she's acting crazy. They're following her through the hotel. I'm thinking they hurt her and threw her in a water tank to try to cover it up. That's what I'm thinking this entire time. Um, so towards the end, like once it kind of comes out that like she was like a manic or had bipolar and depression and all these things, but she was on medication wasn't taking her medication. Once all that came out, it, it tur- kind of made a turn for me. Like I got out of this like curious murder mystery, like mindset. And then I just got like sad for her, you know, like sad that there's people that are dealing with that. And that, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know much about the specific, you know, drugs that she, that she was taking or her, what she was on, but it's just like, it's so, it's crazy just to think that it, that the human brain works that way to where if you don't take medications for X amount of time. Like you can do something harmful to yourself like that. So it almost just had like a sad um, ending for me. And just like really, I just felt sad for her family, sad for everybody involved. And then also like sad for the people, obviously, you know, it's a mystery aspect. So people on web sleuths and, and Reddit are going down this rabbit hole, just like I'm thinking of as I'm watching this. And I also feel sad for the people that are being the scapegoats. You know, they talk about the metallic, musician who just happened to film a video of himself like not my taste of music but whatever (laughs) like at the Cecil Hotel and people were like it's him he has music about death you know metal he's the the murderer and then he just gets like his life is ruined and he had nothing to do with it so it's it's I think it overall it kind of gives you an insight into like how internet rabbit holes work and also like just like all these bananas theories like she's she's like in some like you know freaking they they went to the bookstore and found the plots in the book and we're like doing all these crazy things and it just it's so insane to me that like you can go down these rabbit holes so just that all, all of those aspects of it were crazy but at the end i feel like i just felt i don't know just like sad for this girl who started off so like hopeful and optimistic and then ultimately it's just like you know ha- had really serious uh, mental health issues so it's just like a very very sad story to me Ernesto what were your thoughts kind of watching this documentary so it was kind of the first time I was very much like Jacqueline like I'm watching it like oh oh my god they found this piece of information like it was very much like in the mystery when I watched it the yeah. second time the, when I watched it the second time to get ready for this like the whole time I felt like you did in the end, like just so sad, like just uh, like I know, like I know what happens. Like it's like you guys are wasting your time. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, if anything, I feel like the documentary is less about the mystery of her disappearance and more about like how the Internet can take it from one extreme to the other. Right. That that's kind of what I got from it, because I mean the web they focus a lot on the web sleuth specifically. Like, you know, right. they took the time to decode that video, looking at the missing time. Oh my how god! The video was slowed. 
Did they edit it to remove someone? And then, like you were talking about that singer Morbid, um, they destroyed his life. And then once in the end, when they, you know, once in the end, when they found out that it wasn't him, and even at the end when they found out it was an accident, did anybody go back and like even say sorry to him or even like do anything to try to make his life better? No, like they just left his life in ruins, and and like they just they pick up and their lives are you know are completely unaffected about what their comp what their what the keyboard warriors wrote to him like you know what i mean like it's yeah it's that is absolutely horrible like this whole man this man's whole life has changed like he is no longer making music like you took his creativity away like you took yeah. his ability to express himself in the world away like to me that's that's the worst out of all of it you know them calling the cops with their theories if anything all that did was slow down the cops investigation because you know, they do want to investigate all claims. They have to look into yeah. everything. They can't leave any stone unturned. So they have to waste their time with these crazy left and right theories. And then there was that whole correlation between the Dark Water movie and, like, her whole <laughs> her whole existence. It's like... Which, like, like yeah. it's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I can see it. But, come on. Like, in reality, do you really think? I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely weird. And then that but I guess the one thing that kept them going, which makes sense, was the whole thing about the lid because in the media they they spoke that the lid was closed and the lid was off, but I mean that's a big piece of information. That was that, a huge piece. But it makes a huge yeah. dif- it made it made a huge Absolutely. difference. It made a huge difference. And it's just crazy, you know, and I, I'm glad that they, they had that one YouTuber and after they reveal what actually happens, they talk to him and he's like, you know, I watched that old footage and I can just see how conspiracy theory mind I was. Like, I can see, like, he basically said, he's like, oh, I can see the crazy in myself. Like, yeah. <laughs> I see myself going crazy, like being wrapped up, completely, you know, wrapped up in this case. Um, but yeah, but you know, what's funny is that this is a complete opposite comparison to the web sleuths in Don't Fuck With Cats because those web sleuths actually helped solve the case because they, yes. you know, they reconstructed shit and, and stuff like that. And, I, and, and I'm sure these guys had the same intention, but it just goes to show you where what happens when it's taken too far. Right. Yeah, and, I, and, and, like, the lid was a big thing for me. Like, even up until the last episode where they kind of already – like, you already knew – yeah. That nothing, you know, there was no other person involved. I was like, but the lid, how yeah. would it be closed? Like, I it's was, valid. like, holding on to that piece of information. And then once they talked about how it was kind of a miscommunication, the lid was actually open. I'm like, that's it. Like, that's, you know, that, that was, like, the one thing yeah. that I couldn't let go of. And then once I found out that it was just a discrepancy, I'm like, of course. It, it, like, the most so important funny. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I was exact. I was the exact same way. I'm like, all right, you explained yourself, detective. Check, check, check. But what about the lid, sir? <laughs> yeah. You didn't. You didn't mention the lid. And like, and, and it's, and it's funny because like you were saying, you could get wrapped up in the mystery of it. I, I, me personally, I felt like I didn't get wrapped up into it as much in the when I like in my first initial viewing because I would say like by episode two. When we really got well, I guess by episode three, because that's I feel like one of the that's when we really got to, um, 
uh, I think that's when they really dived into the web suits was like episode three. Yeah, it was episode three. And so around there, when I saw like how crazy they were getting, I was like, okay, this has gone on a little too far. Like I felt the craziness already when when they like at the, at the, when they started getting to it. So like all the stuff that they were kind of theorizing and going down, I'm like, I'm not buying it. Honestly, what I thought what the part of the mystery was this was a supernatural thing, something that you couldn't explain. Interesting. Like, and Interesting. I, I didn't think it was a murder. I like, I feel like there weren't any, there weren't enough clues based on what the detectives were saying and what the web suits were trying to figure out. Like, I kind of just took everything they were saying. I was like, I don't think any of that's true. Like, I'm bullshit. sorry, internet. But <laughs> bullshit, <a> internet. You, <laughs> your fault. And like, I'm over here be like, it's a ghost. It's because like. <laughs> There's like, definitely evidence of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, <there> is. <laughs> but honestly, like to me, I think I was more wrapped up as like this place has a dark past. I'm like, yeah, no, it's haunted. Like it's a, it's a haunted house, and you know, she just got unfortunately got swept up into the the hauntedness of of the hotel. I think I was more, and I think that's like I, I think I saw the trailer, and that's kind of what I thought the documentary was gonna be about. Mm. Like that's what I gravitated toward the most. It's okay. like, oh, this is a, this is a haunted hotel. So whatever whatever happened to her must be something that was not explained. So I honestly expected them to give me no answer by the end of this. I didn't I didn't I didn't think they were gonna give us any explanation about it. She's like, she's just missing. We never found her. We don't know where he is. I was actually very surprised. I even wrote it in my notes in all caps. I'm like they found her floating in the water tank. Like I was so that shocked was by that. That's disgusting. that was crazy. That it, was a it, whole it, disgusting it, leading up to that. that. I mean, that uh, whole, yes. how they unfolded that, I was literally screaming because they were like, <laughs> the water was brown, it tasted weird, and I'm like, no, 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 like, yeah, and just leading up to it was was because the whole time you're wondering, like, why are they interviewing this couple from England? Like, I don't care yeah, about yeah. them. <laughs> so true. Like, why so are true. they in here? And then I'm like, oh. oh. They, they got you. They're okay, the now you get it. <laughs> but like, yeah. we'll say with you. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. You want to say, we're gonna say no, no, I, no, go ahead. It's fine. I was just going to kind of backtrack a little bit and just like, just the fact of the hotel, how they do the deep dive into like how it used to be this, you know, grandiose, nice hotel and then kind of like took a turn for the worse and they go into like the homelessness and everything on Skid Row. And then also they mentioned that the Night Stalker stayed in that hotel That's just right. to like paint the picture of the type of people that are, you know, staying there. I, the whole time I'm like, how are these people who are obviously internet savvy, they're on Tumblr, they're blogging, they're researching. How do they think that this is a, this is a good hotel and who thinks downtown LA is safe? Like, yeah. I feel like I'm not even I've been to LA one time in my life and I know that I should not stay in downtown LA. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if you just don't do your research on that. It's 2013. Like there's Yelp and there's reviews on things. And I don't know. And I know they go into the fact that it was kind of like remodeled a little bit. Like yeah. every yeah, other that's what to get into. kind of disguise it as of like a cool hostel which, like, I can definitely see, but you would think that someone who stayed there would have picked up on maybe not the hotel itself, but just, like, the surroundings. Like, I feel like that's when I'm traveling, that's what I'm looking at the most is, like, what is the best 
area for me to stay in. Like, I don't need to stay in a mm-hmm. palace, but if it's, like, decent in a safe area, I don't think there's one person that's like, yeah, stay near Skid Row. It's it's bomb. Like, I'm like, what? I don't know. That's just mind-blowing to me. I'm not, like, blaming them for anything, but it's just, it's crazy to me that that people would would still fall into that kind of trap in 2013 when the internet and travel blogs and Yelp and everything is just so accessible. I don't know. It just, it just seems, seems like they it just seems like they tried to necessarily trick them, but I mean they had to throw people off the set because the Cecil Hotel has already had yeah. that bad name, so then it's yeah. like, well, you know, let's try stay on Maine. <laughs> Well, it's it's I know so you it's funny you said that because you said you're not trying to trick them. I hundred percent think they were trying to trick them. Like yeah, they, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, oh. I, no, yeah. like no. I felt like so and Jacqueline you said like mentioning doing your research. I could now also keep in mind she was twenty one and this was the first time she was traveling on her own. So she right. probably did some research and she found Stay on Maine, which they did clarify in the documentary that that's where she was staying on the stay on main right. side, not the CISO whole south side. And that was from what we got from uh, from the manager. They were getting good reviews. And so when you look right. at that and you see the lobby, you see the good interactions, you're like, oh, this seems like a safe place. Now, not knowing your surroundings is one thing because obviously you're in downtown L.A., but the hotel itself, I can see where you would think it's it looks safe. And the same with the couple who was from the U.K. They also came down, thought this was a safe place. They, as soon as they got into the hotel, they're like, uh-uh, that's like this. This is not the place for me. And surprisingly, I was actually surprised they continued staying there. Um, and I and I liked yeah. how they presented both of those um, stories. Like we got the reenactments, reenactment of Elisa Lamb's situation of how she wants to be, she wants to go out and see the world, and then she finds her way over to the Cecil Hotel, or I guess right. down Maine. And then I liked how we also got introduced with the UK couple. Because they were like, we should just go do something. And, like, it's L.A., right? Nothing – like, everything is rainbows and sunshine in L.A. And then, like, <laughs> they kind of brought it back down a little bit because, like, once they walked outside, they're like, we just saw a whole bunch of homeless people down here. And, like – and then, for me, that's not doing your research. That's yeah. that's you getting swept up in the, the, the like, the sunshine of L.A., like when like – and so, like, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, like you were saying, how people get stuck into that – that that trope and then i was also because i didn't know much about it i was also really interested about skid row in general i didn't i wasn't expecting them to do like this deep dive into the history of skid row and the relationship with the hotel yeah and how it's classified with like a resident situation um so like they definitely gave a lot of back history in the hotel which again made me to believe that this was a supernatural thing and that we weren't going to find out why or how she was you know uh, how, you know, we would never find, you know, her body. Um, but yeah, I just yeah. found that all that, that interesting that we, like, did any of that, that, Jacqueline, were you ever thinking that this was a supernatural thing at all? Or is, is this just me? Um, no. So I, but I'm not like a big supernatural person. At, like, as we've kind of discussed with like Star Wars and nothing about supernatural, but you know what I mean? Like that, that type of thing. Like, for example, aliens and, like, alien sightings. and Like, I definitely believe that that's, like, a, a thing. But I'm not – that's not my go-to um, – that's not what I go to, like, what I think what happens. Like, I'm not like, oh, it's a ghost. Mm. Like, I don't – I'm yeah. more of, like, let's get their fingerprints. 
you know, like I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. that's just kind of like my, I don't know, like, like for <laughs> an unsolved mystery, in unsolved mysteries, you know, there's like a, an alien sighting episode where these people in like Michigan say they saw a bunch of uh, UFOs at the same time in the same place. And they, it came down and shed a light on them. And I'm like, <laughs> like you know like i don't know i just i believe there's other life and things like that and i believe in ghosts but i just not in this documentary i was like it's yeah. probably haunted but like i don't think that's how she got on the water thing like yeah jack know. jacqueline's like uh I, I i this is not my first rodeo in the crime docuseries no. so i matt i know you're a noob i know that this is you not you know you, this is not your typical thing uh but Best in the crime docu where it's <laughs> Yeah, but in the crime documentary world, it's 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 not that at all. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't approach it as like a ghost story. Truly, what I thought would happen is I thought, I thought, okay, they're giving all this background on like Skid Row, but I didn't take that as being haunted. I took that as them trying to paint the picture of how dangerous the surrounding area was. Mm, So if she did want to go explore, it would be very easy for her to run into somebody who is bad and has bad intentions. She's a tiny you know beautiful 21 year old girl by herself and unfortunately like a lot of people who are up to no good are looking for that so I kind of thought like maybe she was just being naive trying to make friends she seemed like she was like really wanting adventure and to make friends and make relationships and everything on and on her tumblr post so I just was like okay she probably went out went to a bar doesn't drink much drank something someone dropped something in her drink and came back to the hotel with her. She was kind of, you know, scared of them is like running out of the hotel, trying to get away from them. That's who she thinks is getting in the elevator with her. And then I'm thinking that person did something to her and put her in the water tank. I also didn't appreciate, I did feel like the manager of the hotel at the time when they interviewed her, like she was very defensive and like, I don't just like so off putting. And I just didn't yeah. appreciate it. I'm like, why are you trying to defend this freaking hotel over the fact, like, take some responsibility here. Like, lock yeah. the freaking door. She's like, it was locked. I'm like, what? Obviously not. Like, yeah. I don't know. Who locks I, their right. lids? I bet everybody locks their lids now. <laughs> yeah. You, like, but, Jack, excuse me? you make a really good point that it was very – like very aggressive, and I even wrote that in my notes. Yeah. I'm like, this manager lady is crazy. Like, I think that was like the one of the first things I wrote down because it felt like that she like put this hotel on a high pedestal, and it was like, right. yeah, no, this place, this place is like definitely not perfect, but like the hotel would, you know, it's almost like she was like defending the hotel and its history where. It's right. it's funny because and she and she wrote and I wrote this down too. Said the manager had no hotel experience and was hired to fix up the place. And after it appeared that and after it appeared that downtown LA was getting like a whole remodel and they and they discussed that of like looks like they were getting like a revamp in that area and and that's why she accepted the job. But even her herself said like oh I was taken aback of how much I didn't like the place like I was fooled thinking this was a great place to work. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, she realized that it wasn't that great. But then you stuck around for 10 years. That's, to, to me, how can you, that's commit, right? 
And right. so, like, at that point, like, well, obviously, it's part of you was like, no, I, I can I can do this. I can run this hotel. Like, I can make this, this you know, you know, this place that's not well-liked into a place that is. And I'm just thinking the whole time, like, yeah, but why? Like, there's no – there's I don't understand your motive here. Like, there's so – there's I mean, a job's a job. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, you're like, oh, I'm going to get hotel experience and I'm going to get, you know, get into the hospitality industry and, like, this is my start. But, like, 10 years, you 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 rode this place out till like, closed. Like, <laughs> like this – until it officially shut its doors. Like, to me, that was just baffling yeah. of how she was involved. And then, again, how she was, like – you're right. She took no responsibility in the matter. It was like, yeah, she died in our hotel, but it wasn't our fault. Like, oh, she and, yeah. and, uh, and what I also didn't like is she made a comment about like, oh, well, if I ca- would have called 911 initially or something, like we, ha- we have so many 911 calls from here like a day, like what would they have taken seriously? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't think you should like restrict the number of times that you're asking for help. Yes, because so there's a lot going on. Like just because there's more crime or illegal things happening in your hotel doesn't mean you should just not say anything and pick and choose like what you think is warranted to notify the authorities about. Like that just seems so crazy to me. And she and and the whole time she just seemed very very defensive. And I'm like, why don't you? It, like I would love for you to say that to that girl's parents. Or her family that it's not your fault, and that, I'm not saying it's their fault 100%. Obviously, it's like right, right, a, a lot of different factors, but just like I don't know, yeah. At some point, you have to stop being like on the freaking defense and just kind of make note that like there were some things you could have done to help prevent that from happening. Absolutely, and like, and 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 even to right now, we don't know the two biggest things that they you know that they touched upon was one why you know if you would have pushed the door it would the alarm would have gone off to the roof but then there was also another way that it could have been happened through the fire escape so if you were entrusting if we if we take your word on it that the alarm would have worked if they open it then obviously a fire stick escape is a reasonable option of her getting to the roof but then she was like well we can't just close the windows to the fire escape how are people gonna get out when there's not a fire well, make maybe make it a little bit harder for people to get on the roof then. Yeah. Like you know, if, if like yeah. maybe you know, like right now there's like a, they have lids on the top of the uh, of like the ladders to to prevent people from getting to the roof. So like that's like one way. But I'm thinking about it like on the, as an afterthought. But like if like again taking the responsibility, obviously you know, I can understand her comment being like, "Who locks your water tank?" I feel like it's part of me that's valid. Like I'm not sure if that's a thing that you often do i don't own water tanks to know (laughs) if you should lock them um but i can understand her be like a little bit defensive on that because obviously i bet they're everyone's locking them now i think she has a point there um but ultimately and like and well actually before i get into that and also the other big thing about the story and also like you were saying was like the web sleuths and like their crazy theories throughout this and how they approach this and I, I just find I just found that all that just very one. It was interesting that they even absorb themselves and consume themselves into this this story. Like I can I can't imagine giving you know that much effort into into this. 
like like I see you know you see it on the news and you're like okay that's that's interesting that's weird you know she's doing crazy things in the elevator but to examine it and also it looks like to start YouTube channels about it and consume yeah. that yourself and then on top of that you're like okay now we're going inside the Cecil Hotel yeah to fly this out is, there to stay there yeah this no is the way. room where she stayed at this is the elevator that she was punching at and if you notice here like whoa buddy it's like we what are a- you doing. We pushed a button and set a timer, and it is, in fact, we found yes. out we were to see the shoes on the 14th floor. I mean, granted, I mean, that's information, but then it's, I don't know. You know, I'll, the one, yeah, one of the female web sleuths says one, there's one thing she, she says that kind of stuck with me. She's like, you know, it's when we start acting on lack of evidence is when we, is when we lose control. And it's, you know, the cops didn't release all the information to them because, you know, some, not everything is public information. Right. Right. It's the reason we have detectives. I do, yeah. And I do think those people like and they had said this too, like when they were reading her Tumblr and everything, they felt connected to her and like they knew her. So once the case once that video was released, it went viral, all these people started going to look for her Tumblr and they're reading about it and her life. And I think they maybe felt some sort of connection to her yeah. or like they knew her and that maybe motivated them to keep going and want to figure it out like for the sake of her. Um, but still, yeah, I think it's, it's crazy. Cause it's almost like you're making all of these red herrings for yeah. police officers and detectives who are actually, you know, working the case. And, and I also question like, it's crazy because sometimes we talk, like you talk about um, like cadaver dogs and things like that. And they, they'll find things so quickly and it's like holy crap but they brought these dogs in to search the hotel up and down and like the dogs never really alerted to anything like on the roof near the water tank and I'm like how if she's been, been and I don't really know if like cadaver dogs if like being in the water like throws off their scent or what but I'm just shocked that they you know, search the entire hotel, top to yeah. bottom, with the with these like, you know, d- dogs sniffing out for her scent, and they didn't find anything, and she was in the water tank the entire time. The entire time. Th- that I think that, that is so baffling to me. Crazy. Yeah, and also like like you were mentioning earlier, ultimately we see the sad truth that they've been kind of. They kind of showcase this at the very beginning of the documentary, and but you like they they showcase that she was a little bit depressed and she was taking these medications. But they I felt like they quickly mentioned it without giving it too much thought. Like oh okay right. you know a normal a normal twenty something year old taking a a medication. Then you feel like she's bipolar. Like oh okay she's bipolar. That's that's probably why she's taking the medication. But you don't put the dots together. Of like this is the series of events that must have that that probably would have happened, and then when I think it was episode four where they literally laid it down for you, like it was after after the autopsy, and like they kind of gave a, a full breakdown, like here's what we think happened, and when they did all that, you're like, oh, that that does make sense, and and it just it's just sad to see that yeah. you know the her mental state and her kind of acting the way that she was. For the for the lack of taking her medication, and then she was her in herself going a little crazy, to, to forcing herself in some way based on her mental state to jump into the water tank, 
And then, like, because then you can start asking questions of how she got naked and, um, you know, her clothes were down there. And then they gave reasonable explanations on that. And you're just like, oh, wow, that's that's just the sad truth of, of, yeah. of the of the of the situation. And the fact that once they gave that information or like they kind of gave us like this sad truth and some of the web sleuths in that scenario weren't still they weren't accepting it. Yeah. Later, later, it yeah. took them a while, which was to me, that was frustrating because everything that they said was like, no, this this unfortunately makes a lot of sense. Like, we, we can't just be hung up on these theories and these conspiracies. And I, I think ultimately, I think they, you know, they went to everyone they were interviewing and be like, yeah, they're right. You know, we, we kind of agree with with what the officers are saying. It's the sad truth. And then ultimately, you know, some of them, like Ernesto, you were saying, they were brutal to specifically uh, Morbid was his name? Yeah. Yeah, the it ruined the, like, his the, life. It ruined yeah, his it life. Ruined yeah, his life. Like and like, not to say that he was there at the same time. He was there a year before this incident happened. Like he was there in 2012 and was there for two days. And the only time he went to LA, like, can can you imagine? Like, wait, why is this coming back? Why is this yeah. appearing? Like, like, I like imagine you posting yourself on vacation somewhere, uh, and you post it on YouTube, and that's that's what gets you of being like internet shamed and cyber bullied and right. doing something like I like I never what are you guys talking about this I, you don't even know me yeah. like you can see what you see on the internet but that's not that, that's part of me that's that's a character he right. developed that's not who he is and yeah. like Ernesto you were saying it, it took away his creativity and that's also sad too and I feel like we're getting two different truths in at by the end of this documentary one the seriousness of mental illness and what it can do to people and the fact that you know cyberbullying is a real thing this is not something that should be taken lightly and for me those are the two big takeaways that i got by the end of it uh also that the manager was not a, i felt like she was on the defense that was the other thing i, t- I took <laughs> away from that um but but yeah i mean i mean i guess i guess clothing closing thoughts unless there's anything else you want to mention like what were, what were your big takeaways from from this jacqueline so I think like, you know, just exactly what you said, like mental health, cyberbullying, and then also to what extent, and the manager kind of touched on it, like she was almost like, to what extent do we, are we responsible? Do we reach out to somebody if they're yeah. having a mental health, you know, episode? Because she talks about the sticky notes and the that she had left, that Elisa had left, that kind of maybe would have hinted that something wasn't right there um that she was like leaving and the complaints that the desk received from people that she was originally in like a hostile style room with other people and they were kind of complaining with her that she was having erratic behavior um and so i feel like the i don't know like the like even in hindsight it just kind of bothered me that the manager was like well this is a hotel like we can't worry about everyone like that was kind of like Mm. didn't sit well with me and I get that like you can't always know what's going on with every single Mm. hotel guest but I feel like it just kind of goes back to like just a universal rule like if you see something you say something if something doesn't feel right doesn't sit right like most of the time it's not right so it's just like little things like even if you think saying one thing that might to someone that might not feel like anything I feel like it maybe could make all the difference so like I didn't love that about her and then also it was interesting because my 
brother's girlfriend is a nurse practitioner so she has more of like a medical background as she was watching this and she was like called what was happening from like day one because they went into when they talked about the medications she was on and like she was like oh yeah people who have this kind of um you know by that they're bipolar and they're taking these two specific medications if they're off of them they can hallucinate and start seeing things like she kind of knew all of the symptoms as she was watching the documentary so she had called like after episode like one or two whenever they released the footage like she like diagnosed it within five seconds and I thought that was really interesting for someone I mean obviously with a medical background like you can see those things more than someone who just enjoys mysteries and whatnot you know but just like the difference between someone who you know is a nurse practitioner and went through all of these this education versus people judging it on web flukes like it's a night and day comparison so I just feel like again kind of circling back to I don't know reddit and it's so easy and interesting to go down these rabbit holes and everything but I can't just help but think that how painful that must have been for the, her family too. Like, I think it's like gutting seeing that press conference when you see like her sister and her mom and her dad, like that's a horrible part. And so I can't, I can't even imagine like what they're, what they were going through and what they're still probably going through. Just like thinking about all the, you know, the what ifs and whatnot. And then you have people completely unrelated to the case like inserting themselves and even when it's closed and the facts are there they're still trying to to push theories out there like I can just I just like it's so hurtful to even the families involved that I'm like at some point like you just have to give them the respect and the closure that they want you know so I think that was like a big thing for me, like at the end, I really just felt so sad, not only for obviously Elisa, but just her fa- like her family and everything too, just because it's, it starts off like seemingly so innocent. She's this 21 year old, like optimistic, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed girl. And then it just ends in, like so tragically um, that it's just like overall, it's, it's just really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Ernesto? Um, I don't really have that much to add. I know, Matt, you were asking about the supernatural side. Did you know that American Horror Story Hotel is based off of the Cecil Hotel? Oh, I did, I did not, I know, did that. not know that. No, they actually wow. have a whole. They actually have a whole. They apparently they and I don't remember it. They have an episode, um, like not dedicated but showcasing uh the Night Stalker, where he's in oh, there. He's in there as a ghost in the hotel. I, I do vaguely don't... remember that. Oh wow! I might have to go back and rewatch that season. I I remember really liking American Horror Story Hotel, um, but yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, she was she was fantastic in that season. I didn't realize that was like the model that they went after. Um, but yeah, I uh, that, that's very interesting. Yeah, the um, name. Of, uh, but yeah, it was good. It was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I I do like that. You know, kind of just what you guys have been saying, like that that they sh- put this light on. Just the whole web sleuth community and how, you know, it can be taken too far. They can take it too far. Like, you know, it it can go beyond as far as just, you know, just relaying the information to their to their audience. Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I um, 
Yeah, I, I feel like if for me personally, like I, it's hard to say you enjoyed a documentary I, because like you don't like this, the, the, the things that are being portrayed on the screen because it's, it's sad or, yeah. or like, you know, you don't want to say, oh, that was a good murder. But like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to say <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but the, what I, but I, I feel like I was able to get more out of this particular documentary, The Vanishing of Cecil Hotel, as opposed to the Nice Stalker documentary. I do feel like because it was more presented in a, in a mystery format, you were able to yeah. like kind of play along or like follow along in a story with the story with the sense of like, okay, what happens next or what if this? And so like, I feel like my brain was more actively working in that scenario um, as opposed to the Night Stalker documentary where it's just a one linear story that you're just following. Right. Um, and then with this one, I just felt like, at, like I said, I, I got, I think I got something more at the end of it. At the end of Night, at the Night Stalker documentary, it was, they caught the killer and here's the rest of the events. And then he eventually died. And like, these are the facts. Whereas at the Vanishing the Cecil Hotel, it was more of a, Yes, here's the story, but also I was able to take away a little bit more out of this one than I did with 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 the other one. Agreed. So yeah, I think so too. I think the not that the, not that the storytelling was like bad in the other one, but like you said, right. Matt, it's just more linear. Whereas this one, like the fact that they introduced us to this European or this you know where they from England, this couple, and yeah. you're like, mm, okay, that's kind of weird, and then all of a sudden it like they're the ones who ended up, you know, figuring out or, like, leading to them finding her in the water tank. You're like, I was so shook in that moment of them revealing that. And, like, that's why these people have been here this whole time. Like, I just think (laughs) storytelling and how they, um, you know, just overall told everything in the Cecil Hotel was was a little bit bit better just because it was more, there's, like, a surprise element to it more so right yeah than they just definitely... like a to, to you know z exactly and like and it was to the point where like i wasn't expecting them to find find her you know at all let alone in episode two yeah because now I'm, I'm thinking like there's still half another series to go what else are we going to talk about you know right um, right so yeah i think overall i i think i i i did enjoy this one a little bit more um so so yeah, so there you go. So that's our yeah. uh, spoiler review of Crime Seeing the Vanishing at CISO Hotel. Again, that's available on Netflix. And with that, we gave you a whole a whole crime show. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it <laughs> more or less in honor of our guest today, who loves these crime documentary yes. series. And and you know what? It, it I'll, I'll be honest. I, this is this is a, a topic or like a genre or uh, is it a genre? A, 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 a guess, choice yeah. of watch. Oh yeah, uh, something I wouldn't typically go down. Like I would watch them if I find it interesting. I would watch documentaries, but like specifically yeah. crime is like it has to be really interesting for me to actually like go out of my way and watch it. Uh, right. So I'm not sure if I would have watched it without you know having you on the show and us agreeing to watch this. But I <laughs> I, I I can say that I got something out of both of them, and uh, I'm more open I should say to watch more of these on my own time. Okay, well, I mean, that's more than we can say for Love is Blind. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> with, Love, with Love is Blind, it's like, no, I watched it, and I got some mindless and that, television and out of that it. Was that. That was and that was that. That was the time yes. in quarantine. Yes. It was like Tiger King, Love is Blind. There was like something else in between there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would not listen to a podcast about Love is Blind. 
I would listen to a podcast about the season of Hotel, though, so. Well, I mean, I f- funny enough, uh, we've done a podcast now on both Love is Blind and yes. the Cecil Hotel. Well, obviously, which... this one. <laughs> 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 and make my mom listen to it, too. But, yeah. I mean, like, a separate, I think there is, like, a separate couple of series. I can't remember what the podcast is, but that was specifically about Elisa Lamb. Oh, interesting. Okay. If you want to go um, through, down another rabbit hole. Another rabbit hole of that that scenario, yes. Um, uh, but Jacqueline, also just also on a side note, uh, we will say that okay. you are our most downloaded episode uh, to to date. Hopefully, we can beat that. But you said oh that God. people don't want to listen to Love Is Blind, and clearly, our audience definitely didn't mind listening yeah. to Love Is Blind. So uh, it, it sounds like you know it, either it's either you or the content, or, or maybe one of the same. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> maybe a little no, bit of both no there. Pressure. No, know, pressure. no pressure. I feel like I feel like this one wasn't as like this is more dark. So oh, yeah. a little bit dark, yeah. The same, <laughs> same peeps don't mind dark. Well, it, it's something different. So you know who yeah. who knows? It's something different. Which I think when we do different things, it it it, it bodes well. Um, but yeah. But anyway, Jacqueline, thank you again for coming on coming to on. the show. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, always wanting to talk for hours about things that you definitely are not familiar with like i mean i might go watch star wars and that took oh. a lot that takes a lot for me to like I, openly just even consider that so i know the fact I know. that you're the fact that you're like yeah I'll watch this and take eight hours of my life and then talk about it i really appreciate it i feel like not a lot of you know people would take the time to to do that so yeah. i i appreciate you guys being open to you know We're whether it's anything. bananas <laughs> reality tv or you know true crime so we're yeah, down for and, whatever and, <laughs> yeah, and pretty much for you yeah <laughs> see but now but now hopefully now hopefully we can open up some more content to you maybe i might watch star wars although like i feel like everyone has seen star wars so me breaking down star wars is not like <laughs> Earth-shattering information. They're gonna be like, "Girl, where you been?" Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> a whole freaking Disney park about this. That's very true. Well, it's like, how how about this? Next time we have you on, we'll try to you know try to maybe get in the realm of like a movie or a show you might have enjoyed, and we'll talk about yeah. that. We'll we'll ease you okay. in. We'll ease you yeah, in into, into time, our side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Next time you can, you guys have to pick what I'm going to watch, not Ooh. the other okay. way around. Okay, all right. Okay. You heard it right. heard it here first. We're already locking her in for the next one. That's right. And that's how it's done. That's how we do it here. We did it we did it right here in the recording. We didn't even like we didn't even end the recording. It was like all right, next time. But no, we did it right here. Right here. Now it's now it's documented. Now now it's official. Now you have to come back. Yeah, now I can't go back. When you're trying yeah. to make me watch like Endgame Part 3, whenever that comes out, or whatever. Like, well, Jacqueline, you've got 22 Marvel films to watch before this one film. Good, good luck. You have about a oh, week. Ernesto, <laughs> Ernesto, I watched the last... I've never watched... I think I've watched one Marvel film, and I watched the last 30 minutes of Endgame, um, and Kyle just t- was telling me like who was who and what was going on. And I was like, oh, I know how that ends. So, <laughs> that's that. But... <laughs> But you can appreciate the journey, though, if you actually sit through Absolutely. 22 I films. Just, I just, yeah, I just slept on it too long, and so I'm like, <laughs> there's absolutely no way that I can go back and watch 50 movies. Well, ha- maybe we might, we can send you like a list of like the greatest hits. 
Yeah. And, and, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, Highlight. We'll, we'll send you one of those. Well, well, again, we'll, we'll ease yeah. into that. We'll ease into that, Jacqueline. We'll, we'll, we're not, yeah, we'll start, yeah. we'll start with a, little, maybe a TV show you might have liked. Aggressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll start, you know, with a TV show you might have enjoyed, and then we'll ease into a movie that I know you might fall asleep, but I, I, we'll try to pick an entertaining one, and then we'll ease you into the nerd Perfect. stuff. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Great. <laughs> um, but again, Jacqueline, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Where can uh, where can uh, people yeah, find you? Guys. And that's right. That's right. Oh, yes. You can find me. Yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um. I think I'm I'm at Jacqueline Diog on Twitter, and then just at Jack Diog on instagram i'm slowly getting a tiktok following not really <laughs> but oh, is that, that, is that the shameless plug to your tiktok yeah. oh i'm kind of on tiktok but you can follow me there too. we just started TikTok. on the tiktoks too <laughs> yeah that's oh, yeah, right I follow, you guys on t- I follow you guys on tiktok dude yeah. tiktok's addicting it is. Oh, <laughs> I I choose not to to go into that world. I mean, I know we we post stuff on TikTok, but once once I post it, I'm like, okay, that's it. I don't need to go anymore. I'm good. I go on for research. I go on for research, and then I get on. Yeah. I go down the rabbit hole. Like <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, I feel like you learn so much. Like trends, food, like everything is on TikTok. I'm like, if I'm not on TikTok, I feel like I'm just out of the loop. Yeah. Oh. I mean, maybe I I'm just out of the loop then. I don't know. Maybe, but, maybe you are. Maybe you but are, Matthew. E- either way, box office bingers is in we're the there. loop because we we have a TikTok. Yeah, you're so you on can TikTok. go. We're we're on the TikToks, so you can go find us the there TikToks. at the TikToks. <laughs> the TikToks. So, question, Jacqueline. So, for you, if you were to go to our TikTok, what would you? What are something you would want to see there? So I actually already like what you guys do because you just do the quick renditions of like what should I be watching? And it's just like a quick contemplation, like flashing of like different, either show ideas, movie ideas, because yes, I have a list, but like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I don't look at it. And I just want to know, like, if I want a, you know, what's coming out this week. And mm. I think TikTok is real. I'm a visual person anyway. So like, I'm, I don't want to read a blog on what I want to watch. Like I want to like hear it, see it like that type of thing. So I love that you guys do the little flashing of the different titles of just like what mm. came out this week. Do you do genres of it? I can't remember. Like no, it's new to stream Fridays. Yeah, it, yeah, it's new to stream yeah. Fridays. So we just tell people what's new to streaming. So typically, all the content that you see there just came out within that week. But maybe if you did one that was like, I don't know, themed ones. Like if you want to watch true crime, you just do like five true crime ones. Our top okay. five. And then, or if you do, like, if you want to watch, like, if you're in the mood for this type of movie, and then, like, you know, flash to a couple that's grown those. Okay. Um, All right. We'll take that recommendation. Yeah. We'll give you, you, we'll give you a do, top you know, five people, list. Yeah. Or if people do, like, reviews, and they do, like, reviews of, like, stupid things, like, it would be, like, the top five most overrated celebrities, and they have their little mic right here, and they're, like, talking about it. Yes. I've seen those. Like, five things that they hate. Um... <laughs> You could, you, should, you could do that on, like, the top. I don't know. Just think of something different. You could rate things. Rating things. Okay. Yeah, like, All right. rate them. All right. With, we'll, your we'll, little, with your little microphone. With this one right <laughs> here? It just, yeah, just everyone's, put it right like, there? talking yeah. into their microphone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got a fancy mic for that. I don't need to yeah. go with, the, with these one right here. So. Yeah, I'm like, why are uh, you doing that? I don't know. <laughs> little baby mics. <laughs> 
Yeah, everyone has like, the babies like they're like holding up like this. They're, like top five celebrities I can't stand. And it's like boop, Chloe Kardashian, and they're like she is. They're like she is the worst too. And it's like the best one. I'm, like, what? How do you have a million views? I don't understand yeah. this. <laughs> they do. They do. I, I, I know, and they do, and they I'm do. Like, what? Insane. But, I don't know. Uh, all right, well, we'll take those TikTok recommendations, and we'll also take more, any recommendations from you. You can always reach us out to our email at boxofficebin.gmail.com with all your recommendations there. Also, go check our Facebook, uh, Instagram page at boxoffice underscore bingers. We'll do, we do movie showdown Mondays every Monday. We'll tell you, we'll recognize the music behind the movie on Wednesdays. We'll tell you what's new to stream on Fridays. Head over to our Facebook page at Box Office Bingers. We can tell you more information that we can't tell you on Instagram. You can also, on all social media channels, you can check out our fresh take, our latest binges, when we have new episodes. It's, I, don't, I mean, Ernesto, I can't, I can't advertise this enough. Like, people <laughs> should be following this already. There's, there's a wealth of information there that we provide yeah. You're that's also on our social media channel. Our live yeah. pre-show. That's, oh my God, yes. We, that, that's, that's, it's new. I haven't. I haven't put it in the rotation of things we talk about. (laughs) It's not in the spiel. Not yet. yet. It's (laughs) it's not in the spiel. No, I got to add it in there. Uh, Yeah, every time we start, before we start recording, we have our box office bingers mic check, um, which is essentially a pre-show of kind of just, you know, kind of going over what we're talking about. We talk with you guys, anything you guys want to talk about. And, you know, we have a fun time. It's it's a good time over there. Good warm up. Uh, Good warm up. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Uh, And we're still trying to figure it out. Well, thank you. Thanks, they're very, they're interactive. It's yeah, like, and we, and we. I'm voting. I'm typing things. I'm doing all the things on the Instagram story. <laughs> see, it, and that's not a recommendation, right there. You should go follow it if you're not already doing it. Yeah. it, it it's interactive. We got, it's we got fun. a quote no, right it's there. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> right, right there from Jack and the Augustino, who is, I feel like, is always on social media for the most part. <laughs> Jeez. That's a problem. See, that's a problem. That's a slight addiction. <laughs> That's a slight addiction. Um, again, Jacqueline, thank you very much for coming out to the show. Yes, I really do appreciate it. Can't wait to have uh, you back on. Next week, we're going to be reviewing uh, Jacqueline's favorite uh, movie, Godzilla vs. Kong. So Gia. you guys can... For... <laughs> so we're going to have Brandon back on the show. We're going to talk about all about Godzilla versus Kong. So you want to come back next week for that. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. I've been Ernesto Santos. See ya. Ask, ask Brandon about Gojira and see if he knows. Oh, okay. We will. We definitely will. <laughs> definitely will do that. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs>